Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's uh, February the 16th, 2017, and it's 6.18 uh, California time. I'm sorry. I had a hard time getting the thing to open, but now that we're on, we're good to go. Thank you so much, Law Fan, for your guidance. It was very much appreciated. Okay, tonight our special guest speaker is Truth, who we haven't heard from in a long time. Hi, Truth. Well, greetings, 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 Angela. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, now that we got on finally. Uh, boy, that was frustrating, but I'm glad you made it, and I'm glad I made it, and I'm glad Lafam was there to tell me how to do it. But <laughs> So what's new, and what are you going to fill us in on? We haven't talked in so long. Equity and trust. Equity and trust. Okay, I posted those links on the website for anyone that wants to... Uh, one is a video and one is a document, I guess, from Christian Walters. Right. The um, the document, um, they have the YouTube on how to access your Sesta KB Trust now. And in in the video that they have on YouTube, it's in the paperwork that you have from Christian Walters. Okay. So the links are there. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I'm afraid to put them up, but I'm going to try. Let me see here. The the document I sent you, don't put it up. It's no? too I, No, it's too extensive. I mean Well it, the link we, is there. You, it's up there, so if anybody wants to see it they can. Right. To go to YouTube and see it, fine. But I'm talking about the document I sent you. I don't want I'm talking anything. About, oh. I've got that up there. I've got both the a link to the video and a link to the Word doc. Professor Drew? Okay. I, I mean, it's now, not open, but you got to click on it. And let me, I'll put the link in the chat. Is that okay to have it up or no? Yeah, it is. If you've already done it, I thought we would talk before now, but that's fine. Okay. Well, I'm open now, to do whatever you'd like, so you the floor is yours, my dear. Huh? You had some questions last Thursday that because of uh, the lateness in time and you had to go check on Joey that I don't know if you wrote the questions down that you wanted to ask. Uh, no, I forgot. Okay. So I'm going to start with John Bouvier from the Institutes of American Law, 1882, Volume 2, Section 3724. Part four, and if it's all right with your guest, I'm going to read you some information and then allow you to ask questions afterwards. The law is nothing without equity, and equity is everything, even without law. Those who perceive what is just 
and what is unjust only through the eyes of the law. Never see it as well as those who behold it with the eyes of equity. So what this is telling us is that we've been in the wrong court. We needed to be in a court of equity because equity has good conscience and good reason. Equity is only cognizant of trust. All our relations in life are trust relations. You trusted that I was going to be on the call tonight as a guest. That's a trust relation. So when you're talking about foreclosure, you're putting the handling of your business affairs in the hands of another, which is why you signed a contract that you didn't read. That's a trust relation. Now, if you understand what trust is, trust deals with the creator, the trustor's intent and purpose. Was it your intent and purpose to give your property away voluntarily and gift it to the bank who gave you no consideration? Of course not. At law doesn't recognize that. Equity, however, does. Equity looks at what should have been done as though it had been done. So in other words, equity allows us to use the eraser on pencil and go back and correct our mistakes. You can't lose in equity, number one, because equity only deals with what? The natural man. At law deals with what? Corporate fiction. So if you had a choice and you wanted to go to law or go to court on a matter, the best place for a natural person to be is in equity. Equity only recognizes private people. So at law, you're a public citizen. In equity, you have to declare that you're a private people, not a person, not an individual. You have to be a natural man or a natural woman. The Judica Act of 1873 to 1875, generally in all matters, in which there is any conflict or variance of between the rules of equity and the rules of common law with reference to the same matter, the rules of equity shall prevail. What is that telling us? At law, they always want to know if there's a controversy. In equity, it's called a conflict. It's a conflict with the rules of law and the rules of equity. And whenever there's a conflict, equity always prevails. So you want to plead the conflict and the variance of law versus equity. When there's a conflict between the rules of equity and the rules of common law over the same subject matter, the rules of equity shall prevail. I have seven court cases I'd like to reference. Rudder Steel versus Whitener, I'm going to uh, send these to you, Angela, so you can put them up. State Israel, Knox versus Speaks et al. Ex parte Cedillo, that's a New Mexico case. Hack versus Concrete Wall Company. Ferry versus Gardner. Trans Freight Lines versus Quimby. And all of these say the same thing. 
generally in all matters in which there is any conflict or variance between the rules of equity and the rules of the common law with reference to the same matter, the rules of equity shall prevail. So equity deals with good conscience and good reason. Equity only does what is fair, just, and right. There are 20 maxims of equity which defeats law. We, as an uninformed people, create commerce by waiving our equitable rights. So what am I saying? Is that there are an entire set of rules available to us we are not even using. Plus, we cannot lose in equity. The reason we can't lose because equity can only hear from a natural man or a natural woman. So a bank can't speak. The bank's attorney can't speak. The bank's president can't speak. Anyone coming into equity as a DBA, which is doing business as, or a corporate fiction cannot be heard. They have to be a natural living people. We're not going to get everything in this one call. I'm putting together a roundtable, so to speak, to teach 10 people this process. We have to do our due diligence and research, investigate and validate everything. Exclusive equity can only see trust. Trust are every relation we are involved in or a party to, not contracts. Let me explain. If you focus on contract law, you waive your equitable rights and you waive equity maxims. There are only 20 maxims that govern equity. I'd rather do the 20 maxims instead of the countless numbers of statute codes, ordinance, and regulations. You cannot use law, statutes, codes, ordinance, and regulations in equity. Only maxims govern your case. Now, if you are a reader of the Bible, you know in Proverbs, it deals with equity, one and three. It's to receive instruction is wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. It's in the book, Proverbs 2 and 9. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and good in every good course. The first maxim of equity, equity sees that as done what ought to have been done. What ought to have been done? You transfer title with consideration. However, they transfer title without consideration. Second maxim, equity would not suffer a wrong to be without a remedy. Third, equity delights in equality. Fourth, one who seeks equity must do equity. Five, equity aids the vigilant, not those who slumber on their rights. Six, equity imputes an intent to fulfill an obligation. Seven, equity acts in persona. Eight, equity abhors a forfeiture. Nine, equity does not require an idle gesture. Ten, he who comes into equity must come with clean hands. We know the banks can't do that. 
Number 11, equity delights to do justice and not by half. 12, equity will take jurisdiction to avoid a multiplicity of suits. You know you can sue not only the bank, the trustees, you can sue everyone at closing in a foreclosure that handles the closing docs. They're all equally liable. So a multiplicity of suits would be that you would inundate the court with suing each and every individual, which equity wants to avoid. Thirteen, equity follows the law. Fourteen, equity will not aid a volunteer. As Lord Eldon said, if you are a volunteer, you shall not have the help of a court of equity to make your specific trust. A couple of things we volunteer to do, taxes being one of them, and when you buy a car or do a student loan, buy a house, you volunteer because you didn't read the contract. You relied on someone else. You put the handling of your affairs in the hands of another, which is a trust relationship. You're creating a trust. Fifteen, where equities are equal, the law will prevail. Sixteen, between equal equities, the first in order of time shall prevail. So if I have a claim and you have a claim, the first one to file the claim and get a time stamp, that's the one that they're going to go with. Equity will not allow a statute to be used as a cloak for fraud. That's a good one. You can't use statutes, codes, ordinance, and regulations in equity. You can only use these maxims. Equity will not allow a trust to fail for want of a trustee. You can create a trust and not have appointed a trustee. Equity is not going to allow that trust to fail because you haven't appointed a trustee for the trust. And equity regards the beneficiary as the true owner. And that's number 20. So when the beneficiary shows up, all administration ceases. That being said, the Trump administration, you need to put the alien custodian on notice that the true beneficiary is alive and well. And that means that once you acknowledge that you're the true beneficiary and heir and you put the alien custodian on notice and the other two parties that are alien custodians, then they have to cease administering your trust. They have to collapse your four-sided trust and your sister K trust. They will create for you an LLC and put the interest in it and administer it from a new venue. It will not be your Social Security and BC any longer. Trusts are formed by words. With that in mind, I ask you to hold my pen. You take my pen from me. You have just become the trustee of the pen, but the pen is still my property. I created a trust relation with you without telling you I'm forming a trust with you, also known as expressing a trust. You accepted a position of trustee without me telling you. I'm making you the trustee of a trust I just created. 
The trust property is the PIS, also known as the trust res. Exclusive or inherent equity cases include the following. I'm not going to read these because I'm going to give this to Angela to post for you in the interest of time. And I'm quite sure a lot of you are curious. There's the benefit of equity is that you can go back 40 years. It doesn't matter when you lost your property. You could go back and retrieve it because there was no valuable consideration given. And only in equity will equity recognize that you did not intend to give your property to somebody that did not put up any consideration whatsoever. Now, the sad thing about it that we've all been taught that, you know, once your property is foreclosed on, it's a wrap, it's a done deal, not so. You still have recourse. You still can retrieve all the securitization from the note. You can get your trust collapse. That's the CESTA-K and the foreign situs, which is the birth certificate trust and your social security trust. But there are some questions they're going to ask you. How many trusts are there? If you look on a HUD-1 when you buy property, there are approximately 30 different trusts on there. And I'll give you an example of a few of them. The first trust relationship is the loan application. The second one is the loan approval. The third one is the credit asset from the loan application. The fourth one is the promissory note. Then you go to the grant fee. Then you go to the landlord-tenant switch that they get you to sign yourself over as a lessee for your own property. Everything listed on the HUD-1 is a trust relation, and it's separate from your mortgage contract. So now that you have that knowledge, you get paid for all of those as well. Now, we've we've been led blindly to slaughter like sheep or cattle, and they told us what they wanted us to know. But they failed to tell you, being on the public side, at law side, in public courts, they're treating you like an enemy of the state, and you're operating under the Trading of the Enemy Act, and you're operating also under the Emergency Bank Relief Act. We know that this country is in bankruptcy. However, before the bankruptcy, we had ancestors who owned property, which the country mortgaged for credit. The interest from that land, they put in a trust for the true beneficiary to come forth and make it known so they can give them their inheritance. Well, you can't claim an inheritance if you don't know it exists. I can't ask you for something that I'm not aware of. I can only ask you about things that I know about. And, again, you can go to Scripture, Hosea 4 and 6, plainly states, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. So I'm sharing information with you because it's so important for us to stay from the at-law side. It's not that you can't win over there. It's a lot more difficult. It's easier to win where opposing counsel cannot be seen or heard. I'd rather be on the equitable side 
because only a flesh and blood man or woman can come against you in equity, not a corporate fiction. Even when you get a traffic ticket, for example, okay, I ran a stop sign. Yes, I ran a stop sign. However, I did not injure anyone and I did not damage anyone's property. So who has a claim against me? It has to be a natural man or woman, not the corporate fiction, the state of, or the people of the state of. Because the people in all capital letters are actually corporations. People that are natural men and women are lowercase. And it's a good thing that I started studying equity because men and women handwrite letters. We don't do computer-generated letters. So equity allows you to go back and correct your mistakes. Whatever the mistake was, it allows you to correct it. Then you can bring your case into equity and get what is ever fair, what is ever good, what is ever just, and what is right. Do you have a question, Angela? Um, no, I don't at the moment. I'm sorry I got knocked off of Skype and I had to restart the computer and call back in, so I missed pretty much most of what you said. I'm so sorry I had LawFan on there ready to talk to you. and <laughs> I'm back now, so I'm so sorry. I'm having, you know, all these problems. Uh, that's why I didn't want you to put that, that document up because I felt that the size of it might cause you to get knocked off as well. Oh, no, that doesn't, no, uh-uh, no, oh. no, that's well, fine. I, we've got two people with their hands up, though, that have questions for you if you wanted to take sure. a question yet, or do you want to continue, or whatever you want to do. I'll, I'll answer a question if I can. Okay. Let's see, first up is West Washington State. Go ahead, you've been unmuted. You've been unmuted, West Washington State. Maybe you have to unmute your phone. That's, uh, you know, on your end. Okay, I tell you what, West Washington State, when you figure out what's happening, um, press star. I'm sorry. Yeah, star eight again, and that'll put your hand up. Okay. Are you there, West Washington? I can hear you. Moving around. Is that me by any chance? Yeah, that's you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to have that open. Could you... Mute me, please. Uh, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, next up is Money Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Hello. Well, great, Stranger. I'm okay. I might be a little too early, too. Is there any? Is there anyone else after me or no? Uh, not is at the moment, With their hand no. up? Nope. <clears throat> you know what? I, I, I rose it too soon. If you want to mute me back out, and I'll maybe I'll... I'll wait until a bunch of other people raise their hand because this is some. Uh, I I just uh, had a nice little uh, aha moment too, but it, it's too early, so I'll wait until a little later to ask the question. Okay. Thank you. Then I'll I'll mute you back out. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have a question? Star eight. Okay. So meanwhile, let's talk about the at law side until okay, you get. Okay, but somebody just put their hand up real quick, so. Okay, sure. I'll answer your question. Oh, there goes two. Okay. Go ahead, Donaldson. You've been unmuted. 
Going once, going twice. Angela. Yeah, Donaldson, do you want to speak? I do. Truth, how are you? Thank you, Angela. You're in the wind. We could barely hear you. What? Wind? wind here. I'm standing behind a trash can. <laughs> That's TMI. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I hear fine. Okay, go ahead. Truth. Yes. What are you talking about? I have I have no idea what you're talking about right about now. I've been listening Excellent. to you for about a half an hour, and I I honestly can't decipher what you are trying to help people with. What's what's your primary like? What's your what's your main focus? Like, what do what are you really trying to send out tonight as a message on Angela's call? Because this is important. Angela's call is, be, has a lot. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut cut him off. Finish, please, Mike. No, I I cut him off because I've got uh, I hear a lot of static in the background. I oh okay, and, uh, that, and there's two other the people main, with their hands up. So okay, the, the main thing that you didn't hear is that there's an entire set of rules available to natural men and women that we are not using because we're too busy being public citizens on the public side. And the public citizen is the all-caps name. However, your Christian appellation, your name in lowercase, that's your equitable name. That's your true name. So when you go into court, I'm sure you've heard about restricting yourself, saying that you're not the name, you're the agent for the name. They want you to be the name. So when you're in court, and the judge is asking you, are you so-and-so? I'm here as the agent for so-and-so, but I'm the beneficiary. I am not so-and-so. I'm the beneficiary of that name. So I hope that answers your question. We are on the wrong side of the court. We should be on the private side of the court. And every court has a private side that we're not cognizant of. We know about equity, but we think equity is on the public side, and it's not. It's on the private side. So how do you get there? You you petition the court to proceed uh, on the private side because there's a conflict between the rules of law and the rules of equity. And the cases that I read to you, each and every case says that when there's a conflict between the rules of law and the rules of equity, equity must prevail. Equity deals with trust. A public court cannot have jurisdiction over trust law. That is strictly private law and it's done in equity. You have another question? Yeah, hold on one second. Okay, Janine, you've been unmuted. Hello, my dear. Good evening, Angela. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, now that I'm on and I'm getting knocked <laughs> off. How are you? Oh, all right, all right. Um, who's, who's the lovely woman that's on tonight? Her name is Truth. Are you kidding me? 
Janine, you don't recognize me. I'm surprised. Sorry, no, I, I'm trying to place the voice. Okay, what's your question? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm just trying to understand what what equity is, because every time you mention equity, I just, I, I, I see a foreign language. I can't understand it. I'm trying to understand what what equity means. Okay, thank, equity thank is, is a rule of law. And as I stated, equity deals with what is good conscience and good reason. Equity deals with what is fair, what is just, what is right. At law does not. At law allows a person to lose their property through an unjust and unfair foreclosure when there was no consideration given. Equity would not permit that to stand, equity would reverse that and correct it because equity understands there is no way that you're going to give up your house, that you use your promissory note to pay for, that they monetize and give them title and become a tenant in your own property and agree to start paying the monthly payments for property that's already paid for. You cannot transfer title unless you first own title. And if you transfer title to them, they put up no consideration of equal value. That's on the private side. You get justice. On the public side, you get put in the street. Equity will correct that mistake if you know how to get it corrected. But equity is not going to aid a volunteer. So when because you voluntarily did what you did, you signed a contract that you didn't read, trusting on the people that you were doing business with to handle your business affairs, you need to do an affidavit. What people can do that corporations cannot do is affidavit. I can do an affidavit of mistake. That was not my intent or my purpose for entering the closing settlement contract. That was not my intent and purpose for me signing those docs, initially those docs, putting my marks on those docs without reading them because they were rushing me, talking about, hurry up, sign here, initial here, mark there, sign here, initial here, mark there, because they said they had something else to do, so I didn't read the contract. I trusted them. You have to correct your mistake first. And you correct things by affidavit. For instance, when I was born, it was not my mother's intention or purpose for my birth to be made public. That was a private affair. That was something between she and my father. But when they did the birth announcement and made it public, which was many, many years ago, I can go back and request all those documents. I can request all the rights, title, and entries that they've made from those documents at my birth because it was never my parents' intent to make me public. It was never my intent to have my children made public. So when you make a mistake, first of all, you have to acknowledge your contribution to the error. 
then you go back and correct it. And there are documents available or documents that you can create or documents that you can generate to go back and correct a mistake. Anybody who's lost a house, your promissory note is still good. As long as that note is good and your signature is on it, that's your note. You have certain rights. You just haven't thought about what your rights are. If you gave me $100,000 cash, what would be the next thing you ask me for and we're standing face-to-face? Angela? I'm sorry, what? If you gave me $100,000 cash and we're face-to-face, what would be the next thing you ask me for? If you gave me $100,000 cash? No, if you uh, gave it to me, what would you ask I, me for? Oh, a receipt or a signed statement? Very, Maybe. Very I mean, it depends on, am I giving it to you because I love you and it's a present? I wouldn't ask for anything. If I'm right. wanting it to but you. If we're doing business yeah. and you gave me $100,000, you would ask me for a receipt. Right. That's what you did, number one, with the promissory note. You gave them money and you didn't get a receipt. If that note is still good and it's your note, you, you can't go back and ask for a receipt for that note. Well, they'll probably say uh, your receipt is the house or the the they documentation can. that came with it, or you know, they'll make up something. They can't. They cannot give you a receipt. Number one, they would have to witness. Remember, at law or in equity, you have I to have think, eyewitnesses. Yeah. So only people that were present who saw you sign it would be eligible to give you a receipt, which more than likely those people no longer exist, any, you know, because things have changed since the 2008 crash. Okay, this is the second thing that you can ask for, because remember, your note is still good. It doesn't matter if you're in possession of the house or if you already lost the house. At law does not recognize this. Equity does. Equity will allow you to ask, well, all those documents I signed, initialed, and marked, can I get a receipt for those? They're your documents. Those are your signatures, your initials, and your marks on those papers. Those papers belong to you. That's the second thing you can ask for a receipt for. A lot of us never even thought about it. It's your property. If your name is on it, it belongs to you. The third thing you can ask for is you you can say, oh, by the way, can I get a front and back copy of that loan check that you gave me and that we know that they didn't give us? Yeah. And they're real careful not to let you walk away with them too, you know, the paperwork. Exactly. Now you're doing an administrative process. You've asked for a receipt for the note. You've asked for a receipt for every document you signed initial and marked. You asked for a front and back copy of a loan check that they cannot provide you. They're going to acquiesce. They're not going to say anything. So now you send them a notice of fault and an opportunity to cure. They don't respond. Then you do a notice of default. Now you've completed your administrative process, and you take it straight to equity. By the way, when you send them anything in the mail, 
and they fail to respond, you've created a trust relationship. The document you send them in the mail is no different than me giving you my ink pen and making you a trustee. When you send that letter to them and they refuse to answer, they become the trustee. Who is the trustee? The person that makes the payment or the person that goes to jail for not making the payment? Equity only views trust. If you can show the trust relationship, you can get into equity. If you've completed your administrative process, you can get into equity. Well, let's say it's a criminal case. Okay, the judge is trying to form a constructive or implied trust with the alleged defendant. However, the alleged defendant is not there. Only you show up. You're the agent and the beneficiary. You're not that name. You're not the defendant. So you have to maintain, if you don't reserve your rights and preserve your rights, you have no rights. You cannot ever be identified as a public citizen because they consider you a public enemy of the state. Now, with that in mind, the government is the trustee for the people, so the judge, the judicial branch being a a part of our government, the judge is the actual trustee. He's trying to confer his trusteeship to the real man for the all-caps name. He wants to make you the trustee so you don't pay the debt, then you go to jail. That's why they say we volunteer ourselves into jail or prison, okay? So if you know that you're not the all-caps name and that you're the agent for the all-caps name, then they can't prosecute you. They can't proceed with the case because they can only deal with corporate fiction. They cannot deal with natural people. Now, when I was born, my name, I had my last name first. So my last name is Truth. Come. Then they put my gender, girl. Then my first and middle name, if you have one, which be which would be the Diakahasha stuff. So when they get my birth certificate, they turn all of that around and put it in all capital letters, the Diakahasha took truth. That's not how I was named. I was named truth before they knew if I was going to be a girl or a boy. Truth was my name. Girl came next. Then the Diakahasha came last. So if you want to write your name, you would write your surname first, comma, then your first and middle, or your first and middle initial, or your initials. But your last name would always be first, and it would always be in lowercase. It would never, ever be in all caps. That's how you maintain your private citizen status as opposed to being a public citizen and a public enemy. Is there another question? Um, there's a whole bunch. Um, let's see here. Uh, Southeast Texas, go ahead. You've been unmuted. Hello, y'all. Uh, Southeast Texas here. Uh, I, I get a, get 
just about everything you're saying, because I have studied equity in the past, but uh, I have some information I want to get first and see if you know uh, Rod Class on Carl Weston's site at TalkShoe at 31102. The last 30 minutes is Rod, and he stated that the foreclosures on all these homes and the bankruptcy that bailed out all the banks, all the foreclosures on all the homes and the signatures and the notes and all that were bundled up and put in the bankruptcy, and that's what the bank bailout was all about. Do you know that? And, and Rod said that this stuff is in, in the Supreme Court as of approximately 10 days ago. All this uh, bank fraud and foreclosure and robo-signing and these these home loans and all this stuff. Do you know about that? Because it sounds like you do, Truth. I, I, I wasn't aware of the Supreme Court case being filed 10 days ago. But as far as the bundling and the packaging, yes, I did know about that. I do know that you don't need to be on the public side being treated as an enemy of the state and under the Emergency (laughs) Bank Act, and you don't need to be volunteering into the IRS tax system when you're not eligible. Go ahead. Rod's gone through a lot of that. I don't know if you know Rod or not, but uh, anyway, I I was going to encourage all those that listen that that Rod hasn't been on for a long time, and there were 59 callers on this call that would probably be interested in that. But I lost, I had my home, my home taken from me over property taxes in about '96. Uh, The home was paid off. And, uh, you know, and as my understanding was, there's no property tax once a home is paid off because there's no debt. But anyway, they wanted to show everybody around me that, you know, you lose your, you lose everything you got if you don't pay your property taxes, but you can't pay for anything with a system that we have now, really. Well, that's not uh, necessarily true. Uh, Keep listening to the call. Um, go to the web page and get my email address, and please email me and let me know that you're Southeast Texas. I'll tell you exactly what you can do and how you can recoup your property because whoever they sold the property to, they're covered by the title insurance. Yeah. So once once you become a private citizen, you can go back and it's called replevant. You can go back and get that that house. Yeah, well, I would. I don't really want the back. They've they've tore the house down, and these other people that are on there built another home. I would just like to have my equity, and I've, I've filed a uh, a common law lien on it for 120 grand. Uh, right after they threw me out, well, before they threw me out on the streets. And there's not, you know, under their oath of office, they're not supposed to do anything like that to anybody. But, uh, their oath of office is only applicable to private people. That's what you don't know. A lot of right. people go into court 
sin. You're violating the Constitution. They took the oath of office to private people. As long as you're a public citizen, that's why they treat you the way they do, because you're an enemy. You're belittling your community. I didn't didn't either. I I have not always been that. I didn't know that back then, but I, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's pretty clear because I've learned a lot since then, and, and you're making perfect sense to me. But uh, I've been at it for quite a while. That's probably maybe the only reason. But, uh, I'll try to get in touch with you and uh, see, see what – because it sounds a whole lot simpler than the other way. It is. Uh, who, who who told you you've done an administrative process before? I, I thought I was, but I was in the wrong court, like you're saying. Okay, but the thing about it, I just told you, you need to ask them three questions they can't answer. It's only three. It's not rocket science. It's yeah. your property. You can go back 40 years. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. your signatures on those documents. Ask them for the receipt for the note. They can't provide it because the note was destroyed when they bundled it. Ask them for a receipt for your documents. There's no telling where your documents are from 96. Ask them for a front and back copy of the loan check that they never issued to you. That's how simple the administrative process is. But make sure that paperwork is notarized. They cannot notarize their document. And if you send in a notarized document, they have to answer with a notarized document. All of my original documents are in the court, district court vault, and have been there since 96. Well, you can And I told them them the the case would never be over with, you know. Well, you you were speaking the truth, not even realizing how true what you were saying is. Yeah, I didn't know back then what I know now. I started studying law in 79, and I run into equity, and uh, uh, and then I run into several different people like Rod, and and, uh, I think I've heard you before. But equity has always been sounded like the way to go, because man and woman, like you say, a man and woman is the only one that can enter that. that exactly. Even yeah. though when you file a claim, the attorney has to show up because the attorney has caused you an injury. Did you injure the bank? Can a bank be injured? Did the bank suffer loss? Did you damage any of the bank's property? They have to show up because yeah. they're the person you're complaining against, but they cannot be heard because they are not natural. They are legal persons. Well, my loan was through a man that my dad knew that, you know, had an account in the bank. I mean, he, you know, we did this. He had a lawyer that did this stuff, deed of trust, uh, warranty deed, and all that kind of stuff. I'm glad you brought that up because... Equity will not perfect an imperfect title. What that means is at closing, they show you the warranty deed, but they don't allow you to sign it as the grantee, which you are from the seller is the grantor, 
and you're the grantee as the buyer, purchaser, if you sign that deed, then you accepted it. And you know Rob Ryder was teaching acceptance of the deed, but he wasn't teaching that the deed you need to be accepting is the warranty deed. They took the warranty deed and put your name on it, all capital letters, exactly. and they gave you they gave you a deed of trust or a, a mortgage deed. They gave you a substitute. It's it's just like the state has your title, and they give you a certificate of title. The certificate of title is not title. So the I don't have a remedy. Be, yes, you do. Oh, I do? Okay. That's Next, what I'm saying. Okay. Because whose signature is on all the documents? Yours. Nothing but mine. Right. Yeah. That gives you an exclusive right. Yeah. That's what I thought. Because, right. You yeah. have an exclusive right because you are a natural, flesh and blood, living man. Yeah. So get with me. Get my email address off the website and get with me, and and I can share further. All right, you're, not, you're, you're more than welcome. You're not going to learn how to go into equity on this one call. I yeah. stated that earlier, but I'm I'm going to give you as much information to try to ignite something where you'll go and study it further because equity deals with trust. You created a trust. You put the handling of your business affairs, which is those closing documents, in the hands of another, which made them the trustee. You were the creator of the trust. You need to see the trust relation. And once it's identified as a trust, it has to be treated as a trust. Equity deals with trust, not at law. At law does not have jurisdiction over trust. So what would be your conflict? Your Honor, there's a trust here which cannot be seen by this court. It can only be seen in the private, in equity. That stops it right there. Bring up the trust. Excellent you information. Know, you know the trust exists. You know there's a VC trust. You know there's an SSN trust. You know there's a trust involved, but you're not bringing it up. The court has no jurisdiction over what? Trust law. The court has no jurisdiction over what? Federal law. You can't bring in an IRS case or superior court. It has to go to federal court because federal court has jurisdiction over federal law. It has to go to a tax court because tax court has federal jurisdiction over tax issues. So yeah. you can't you can't be on a baseball diamond and do a full court shot. A full court shot is made from a basketball court, not <laughs> on a baseball diamond. I love it. All right, I get in touch with you and I appreciate you. And you and uh, and everybody I suggest look up in your dictionaries and your online probably what is equity. I got to brush and, up on it myself, and I've been at it for 38 years. I need to, I need to do that myself. But I get in touch we, with you. Go ahead. Okay. And Wikipedia has 19 of the 20 equity maxims, but you don't need all 20 of them. You only need to plead four. 
That's good information yeah, right there, T. Yeah. If, I believe you're giving nothing but... I, give, I believe you're giving nothing but the best information on equity I think I've ever heard. Well, thank you for the compliment. I didn't mean it as a compliment. I just say it's the truth. Your name is truth, so it's the truth. I, as far as I see it. Truth speaks. But I, if it, you know, if, it's, if you take it as a compliment, that's okay. But... <laughs> All right, is that it for you? That, that's it for me. Thanks. Okay, thank you. We'll see Bye-bye. you next time. Thank you. Okay, next up is uh, Money Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Hello. Hello. Okay. Greetings, I'm ready. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. Uh, Simple, uh, just a couple of brief questions. This one is, uh, this one's fairly quick. How long have you had your uh, license to practice administrative law? I am not licensed to practice administrative law. Okay. Does it require a license? No, it does not. Awesome. Uh, uh, the second question is: um, <clears throat> most people on the most people on the calls, uh, they do try to you know they try to help people out as best as they can, which is awesome. You know, I I, I get the gist of what you're saying. Uh, but usually, when they you know when the site when they go to the website. Usually has a another page that has all the other uh, little additional uh, meat and potato stuff. They usually cost something, uh, and then to you know, i.e., selling product, so to speak. Um, question: How many how many years of experience in the business uh, have you had? Like um, like how many years of business? Uh, uh, shoot, what was it? Like have you have you have like because I see that I think this is probably where I would want to go instead of just learning about law and stuff. Because uh, it seems like just like in order to sell the product, you'd have to you know get all kinds of like experience like with dealing with people and you know like sociology and stuff like that. So I just wonder what like 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 what was your educational background on that? <clears throat> um, that question has been asked and answered, and you actually so I, this is my first talk show, which it is not, and I've been doing this for a number of years, and just to let you know and give you some idea. Last week, um, the gentleman who was the guest speaker was talking about fraud, and he mentioned that silence is equated to fraud. You remember that? Yeah. Kind of like yeah, like acquiescence or some junk. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Okay. Well, with that court case is the United States versus Twill T W E E L, and he also mentioned that fraud vitiates all contracts. You remember him mentioning that? I believe so. That was uh, that wasn't uh, that wasn't last week, right? Where the, that was some of the early yes, early, early calls week. that you had. Oh, it was last week. Oh, no, right. no, yeah, that was last the week. Randy Randy G call. Yeah. Okay. So that court case is U.S. versus Throckmorton. The United States versus Throckmorton. That's T H R O C K M O R T O N. Every case that he mentioned. I could give you the site for it. He didn't give you the site, but I knew what he was talking about, and I knew what he was saying was accurate. You understand the difference between you and I? Uh, uh, I believe so, yes. Okay, so what I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how long I've been doing this. Obviously, I'm educated in it. 
because I've taken time to do Con Ed, which is continuing education, since I left school. That's all that matters. Have you continued to upgrade and update your information? Because what I learned 20 years ago is not relevant now. I've learned a better way. Awesome. So, like, the stuff that you're doing now, technically, it's, it's just for a guideline, and don't take it all at face value. And just, you know, go, you know, do it, equity, use what you, you can. can. No, equity, you can take at face value. Darling, but it's, I have one book for you to study. It's called Gibson Suits and Chancery. It is 1,000 and some odd pages long, one, about 1,200 pages. Chancery? Isn't that, um, isn't that like English common law? No, chancery is equity. See there? Equity? Okay. All right. Okay. Suits and chancery by uh, Gibson. You need to read Pomeroy. You need to, Gilbert's book on trust law. And you're okay. kind of getting ahead of me because mm-hmm. I Forget have me. the paper. Don't worry about it. It's no harm. <laughs> I have the paperwork for Angela to post, and it's not going to benefit anyone unless they get the paperwork and and do their due diligence. You've got to read Pomeroy. You know, anytime you're going to file an equitable case, you use maybe the first 64 sections of Gibson. But awesome. you're, not, you're not going to learn everything in this one call. And like I said, right, right then, you just kind of jumped ahead of where I was trying to go. You're not yeah. going to learn by me just Sorry. telling you because I want you to ask me questions on things I've said. How are yeah. trust formed? Trust that's formed by words. Remember that. That's important. Hold my pen for me. You take my pen from me. I just made you the trustee of that pen. Trust are formed by words. So when you're in a court at law, the judge is attempting to form a trust relationship and transfer his trusteeship to the alleged defendant. Hold my pen for me. Is that an order? No, it's a request. It's a request. I'm asking you to hold my pen. And you take my pen. It's not a requirement. And you take my pen from me. I just formed a trust relationship without mentioning the word trust and without informing you that that is what I'm doing. Do you understand that's what they do in court? They form trust relationships without telling you. We're fixing to express a trust here. I'm going to make you the trustee. Isn't that the same thing they do when they get us to sign these papers that we haven't read? Especially, uh, especially if they're not giving us the the, the uh, a lot allotted time that is actually required to look over the document, because supposedly, like any contracts that we supposedly, uh, we, we actually by law have uh, up to thirty days to look at the contract, and yet they're sitting there like as if they want you to sign the darn thing right now. And it's like and they're looking yeah, upon you as if they don't want true. you to walk out with it. Yeah. They they will give you a copy of it, but all the docs are in there. They'll give you a copy. It's called a lawyer's copy to take to an attorney and have your attorney to to go over it. 
Well, any contract that I want, you know, between me and my fellow man, I wish, you know, wish to do. I mean, I don't know if I, I should, uh, you know, uh, involve a third party on it unless it, uh, unless there's a benefit. <clears throat> but you have, well, you have a right to. That's the point. The point being, it's your contract. If you need someone to look over the contract and give you advice, that's your right. Nobody can deny you of that, and they have to give you a contract because you're supposed to be entering the contract with uh, clean hands and good faith. But the reason you can't do contracts in this country because there's no consideration to be given. There is no money. The only consideration that was put up was your promissory note and your house after it was transferred to you. Remember, you cannot give me something that you don't first have full title to it, full ownership. How did you transfer title to them if you never owned the property? It had to be paid for some kind of way. The seller got paid. You didn't buy the house from the bank. You bought it from the seller. The seller got paid. The bank did not give you a loan. How did that person get paid? Your note paid for it. You asked them to hold your note. You didn't authorize them to do anything else with that note. They were to hold it. They were to use it. They were to, to mutilate it. They were to bundle it up, mortgage it, and put it to trade. You never authorized that. Angela, you can meet me out now. Uh, I, I can. I, you can. You can keep. Saying, you can keep talking truth. Everything's good. Okay, but you understand okay. what I'm saying? People oh, that take okay, I'm, it, people that take liberties with your property, you have recourse, especially if you didn't authorize it, and that's what's being done for over 200 years, over 400 years. However long mortgage has been in existence, that's what they've been doing. And they've been getting worse and worse at it. I'll take another question. All righty, California, you've been unmuted. Go ahead. Hello, would that be me? Yep, that's you. Okay, I right. thank you very much. Uh, it's my first time ever on your show and just got out the, the website. I'm curious about the uh, when you go into a somebody's foreclosing on you and you go into a let's say a USDC United States District Court and you go in under common law court of record. Does that give you the uh, power and of as being a man under common law court of record and holding to that throughout? give you the position as claimant and as prosecutor of that, uh, let's say, quiet title or, or whatever it is that you're going in, your case, your law in action? Would that be you considered a Are you finished? Yes, thank you. Okay. When you go into equity, you are definitely going into an Article Three court, which is a constitutional court. Article Three, Section 2, Clause 1. There shall be one court of justice. 
So when you're in equity, you're in an Article Three court. Again, there's so much information about equity. We're not going to get it all on this one call, but that's a very good question. When you're in equity, it's basically you and the judge, because now the judge has to switch hands. Equity is done in the private, so it's not in the courtroom. It's either in the judge's chamber, it's in camera, or it's in a private conference room. Equity can only hear a natural man or woman. So the attorney for the bank, the officer from the bank, equity can't hear anything they say. But it's still up to you to strike anything that they try to answer your pleading or answer back. It's still up to you to strike anything they attempt to put on the record. Because if you don't exercise your rights, you're going to waive them. So you so, want to preserve. Yeah. Okay. Would Would I be correct to believe that if a magistrate or judge tries to rule in a common law court of record or equity, that you would have to, uh, I guess, rid of error and then vacate his order and write the order and get him ordered. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, you, yeah. You've been studying with my friend at 1215.org. I can tell that. Well, I study a lot. I, I try to listen as much as I can and take copious notes. And so because I just found out about Angela's uh, website, I feel like a kid in a candy store. And so I'm very um, uh, appreciative. And uh, and I do uh, want to thank you for allowing me to ask those questions. And I have a plethora of questions, but I'd rather leave it for others so that we can all learn, uh, because I think that it's important we take the initiative, which I see most people don't, and are fearful when they go into court. And I have many stories to share over the next millennium, as long as I'm alive. So thank you again, and um, I will release, you know, Relinquish my time for some Okay. If you would like to get my email address from yes. her webpage, and you can email me the questions, and if I'm able to answer them, I'll answer them the best of my ability. But then I don't know if you were on the call when I said I was attempting to get a roundtable. And that's people of like minds to study the same subject matter because what I see in equity, I might miss something. So, but what somebody else sees from a different vantage point, we all come together and discuss it. Now we have a whole picture. Okay, so, I love that. Yeah. And how do I get a hold of your email on, on Angela's website? Go to my go to my website or our website, I should say. It's everybody's website. MyPrivateAudio.com. Okay. And and at the top, there's a a, a link. It'll say guest speakers. Yes. Click on that, and that'll bring up all the different guest speakers we've had. You go to Truth's name and click on it, and that'll take you to page with all her information. And her email is at the I think at the bottom of the page. Beautiful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, next up. Hey, 
Hey, Angela, yeah. this is Walter. Go ahead, Lockman. Yeah, go ahead. Um, can I can I ask Truth a question? Yeah, go ahead. Um, is one of the uh, books you recommended? Is it called A Treatise on Suits in Chancery? Um, setting forth the principles. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all I wanted to ask. Thanks. Yeah, that's was it Gibson's. <clears throat> okay. Next up, uh, quad five two one zero eight. You've been unmuted. Go ahead. Yes. Hi. How are you doing? How's everybody doing? Fine, thank you. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Um, just kind of listening to uh, the information in regards to you. You're saying X for uh, the different receipts. Uh, I haven't at this time uh, purchased a home, but in the process of, of, of looking to do so here in the near future. So are those are some of the questions that I need to ask while I'm at the closing table or at the title company, I guess, in the process. Is there a way that that can stuff can be done? I guess up front before anything happens from that standpoint on the back end. Uh, well, if if you want the house, I wouldn't ask for the front and back copy of the loan check because it's not going to exist. But a copy for the receipt for your promissory note and a copy mm-hmm. receipt for the docs that you sign. Yes, I would okay. ask for those. Because okay. now, what does the receipt denote? Think about it. When you go to the store and you buy any item, they give you a receipt. What does that denote? That the item that you have possession of is what? Uh, it's paid for. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. So See, what, this I mean, is, is not rocket science. It's just that equity looks at it, what is fair, what is just, what is right. Ways of good conscience and good reason, at law does not. So what side would you want to be on? Would you want to be at law, accusing them of fraud, saying that, that they did this and they did that, never admitting what you did when on equity you could say, I made a mistake. I signed a document that I didn't read relying on the person that I was doing business with. I trusted what they told me to do, and I did it. However, I was never introduced to a representative of the bank. The bank was not present, plus nor was I introduced to a notary who witnessed me sign any document. How detrimental do you think that is? Now, in the event that they give you a receipt of the they have notes, to. okay, uh, they so, have so to. is it? So, so what do you do with those particular documents at that time? That you know, if you do receive the uh, receipt, is you it know anything what? specifically that you do at that time, or it's your documents? What do you think you're supposed to do with it? Are you really serious? What do you do with receipts? You throw them in the garbage. Or do you keep them and file them in a box for tax purposes? I'm just asking. Well, I guess it really just depends on <laughs> the type of receipts. Uh, normally for major If you get a receipt uh, at the gas station, what's the purpose of getting it? Is it to throw it away or is it to file it away for tax purposes? I'm just asking. 
Right, yes. Yeah, I'm not found the way. Mm-hmm. You don't need to ask me what you're going to do with your stuff. There's something wrong with you if you got to ask me what to do with your property. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if there was a process in regards to, like, if it needs to be filed somewhere at the kind of courthouse. Equity does filed. not have a form. Don't you think can't... like that. Equity does not have a form like at law. Okay. So you. Okay. So what I'm saying is you don't have to file your paperwork a certain way. All you have to do is be able to prove a trust right. relationship. Relationship. Gotcha. Okay. That's understood at that point. All you and have is to it, do is, it, is, it, is, yeah. is also be a private people. You're not going into equity as a public person. Mm-hmm. And would it be wise to take a notary with you to say, hey, I want to notarize my promissory note? Uh, because I because I have done some studying um, as well, and, and, and I, I, I've actually seen the documents where they stamp to the order of after the fact, after, you know, papers going through foreclosure, stuff of that nature. It's all those documents yeah. like that. But I never, I never always noticed that the... Okay, that's sorry. called in the lodge, and it's a separate page. It's not... And if you take a notary mm-hmm. to notarize your documents, you better know what she's doing because if she can notarize that promissory note, it better stay more than satisfied. And if she doesn't know how to do that in the margin of the, that note, mm-hmm. there's no point in taking her. Okay. If a notary notarized your promissory note and it's your notary, she has to write in the margin, which means sideways, that that mortgage has been satisfied. Okay. And then you file it into the county. Okay. Many notaries do not know that. You really think you're going to find a notary that has that knowledge? Probably not, probably not. Do you know of any notaries that have that that notary? Well, see, when I used to be a notary, I had 120 notary books. That's how I found out. Okay, okay. The reason life experience is life's best teacher. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That is correct. So the only way I can make a statement about something is basically because I've experienced it. I've been there and really done that. Sounds good. Sounds good. So may I take the next call now? Yes. Uh-huh. Thank you. There okay. are no, there's there's nobody else in line at the moment, so. Oh, okay, that's good. So let me finish <laughs> what I was trying to say. Okay. Go ahead. Again, we're not going to get all of this in one call, but I'm going to provide you some paperwork where they can look up those cases that say equity when it's. Uh, in conflict is the word used when it's in conflict with law. Equity must prevail. It must. Equity defeats law. That's where I want to be. Once I learned those primary um, maxims that I needed to know, equity is not going to aid a volunteer. So I voluntarily did something. I need to go back and correct that on the public side before I can get to equity. And equity is not going to perfect your title, which is imperfect that you didn't sign as the grantee. So now I need to locate that warranty deed. 
and I need to get my signature on that warranty deed accepted by the grantee in your name in upper and lower case. That's the deed that needs to be accepted, not the mortgage deed, not the deed of trust, the superior property deed, which is more than likely the warranty deed. That's what Rob Ryder was talking about, acceptance of the deed. Even when you appoint a trustee, the trustee is supposed to do an acceptance. He can acquiesce and accept because when you send people stuff in the mail and they don't respond back, that's an acquiescence to trusteeship. But they don't know that you've just made them the trustee. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to inform them that you're the trustee. It's up to you to settle and close the matter. We have now, a question. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. You want to take it? Sure. Okay. Ontario, you've been unmuted. Hey, Angela, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for um, coming on. I've been following along, but I'm a little bit confused. Um, I think I heard you say that only a natural man or woman can fill out an affidavit. Um, but when you go to a bank for a mortgage, you're going to a legal fiction, and bank managers and bank presidents do affidavits all the time. And if a nat- how can a natural man contract with a legal fiction like a bank? Because when you get the documents back, aren't they in all caps? You're you're the signer. Remember, you're the agent for the all caps name. Whose name is it that they turned around? Yours. But how are bank presidents and bank managers and loans officers filling out affidavits on behalf of the bank? And how, how would you how would you and how would you bring a bank into a court of equity if it's only for a natural man? Because there's still the opposing party. That's not going to change anything. The opposing party is the opposing party. It's just that they can't be heard in equity. Can you be heard in court? Do the judge tell you to shut up? He don't want to hear from you, and he let the corporate fiction say everything and anything they want to say. Equity is yeah. just the opposite. They have to shut up, and you get to say what you want to say. So what is the difference between equity and common law, then? Equity supersedes common law. Common law is kind of brutal, and it's, it's, it's not lenient. Equity wants everybody satisfied. So if if it's another person, say if you and I in equity, equity is going to divide things evenly so we, we're both satisfied. There's no satisfaction with a corporate fiction. Again, you say that bank presidents, loan officers, and et cetera, do affidavits. That's not possible. You're doing an affidavit to what? 
Well, if a loans manager or somebody is sitting on the other side of the desk with me and they're signing a piece of paper, they witness the conversation. But that's not an affidavit. Well, sure it is. They're swearing out an affidavit saying I was the one that had the appointment with the mortgagee and whatever. They were there when the during the closing or whatever. They could swear to what they saw, what they heard. That's true. If you can locate that person, that's true. The person can do it, but not as an agent for the entity. They have to have agency papers. If I'm going to do something for you, I would have to have power of attorney, which gives me the agency to act for you. Where is their agency? It's like when the attorney says, I'm in here representing Bank of America. Where is the contract? Where is the agency? Where is the person from Bank of America that was authorized to enter into the contract with the person? You have a right to face your accuser. You get to ask these questions. Oftentimes we don't. We assume. Remember, if you don't don't, um, reserve your rights, you're going to waive them. So, see, part, of, when, part of my confusion is, though, banks don't deal with a man. Therefore, I would have to reduce my status to that of a legal person. And that's contract- not true. Think of what you're saying. The bank can only deal with the man. Who can sign the contract? <laughs> Your when when have you ever seen the word natural man in any mortgage papers? I haven't. But that, does that mean that you're not a natural man because it's not in the mortgage papers? Well, see, a man is in the real world and the Easter Bunny is in a fictional world. A man cannot interact with the Easter Bunny because it's a fiction. Therefore, the man has to reduce his status to that of a fiction. To That's deal not with true. The- and in America, if you look in some of our deeds of trust, it does say a natural man. And it also says lawful money. I don't know if you've ever seen our contract, but it says in the lawful money of the United States. Do you know what that is? The lawful money of the United States? I don't think such a thing exists. Gold or silver? Well, gold, gold and or silver is coin. Coins, yeah, specifically. United States. Yeah, but United States deals with legal tender, not gold or silver. That's not true. So and that's saying, what I was. That's what I was going to talk about before she uh, let me take your question. I was going to share some information about legal tender. Okay, so, so. so so if I wanted to take a bank to a court of equity, how would I go about doing that? The same, okay, in equity, you file what's called a bill. What does that make you think of? If you're filing a bill, doesn't that mean that you, you're doing something to get paid? I'm just asking. It's like an invoice. Does that kind of trigger something in your mind? You file bills in equity. Because that's what equity is designed for for you to get paid. They cannot get paid because they didn't put up 
any valuable consideration equal to the consideration you transferred voluntarily, that you corrected and said in an affidavit of mistake, that was not my intent and that was not the purpose. So they can't, they, they can't rebut that. Well, if you swore out an affidavit that you made a mistake, would they not take the house back? Because because that would nullify everything, it's, mistake. No, it wouldn't. It's not their house. But it's not yours you, either. It is yours. How, how is it mine? If I just went to the bank and they gave me a house and nobody got any money and I said there was a mistake. The bank, you're not buying the house from the bank. You're buying the house from a seller. Your promissory note paid for the house. Then why didn't I go to the seller? Why did I go to the bank? Because you didn't know any better. That's what everybody else is doing. Monkey right. see, monkey do. Don't be offended. We tend to, we tend to follow. The bank put up absolutely nothing. They were a middleman. They call themselves did a they, servicer. Did they give you, a, when you were approved for that loan, did they issue the loan check? No, they didn't. When you fill out a loan application and you're approved, the next thing the bank does is cut the check. They never cut the check when you buy a house. Never. But see, my confusion. But see, my confusion is still that a man goes to a legal fiction called a bank and begs for a benefit or a privilege, and then they say they made a mistake and get a free house. You're not getting a free house. Your promissory note, which is an IOU, it is, is a bill of, it is a bill of exchange. It is a promissory note. A dollar bill is a promissory note. It is an IOU. So I'm promising a legal fiction that doesn't exist that I'm going to pay them. See what when I mean? you issue the note, you're not promising the legal fiction. You see, you keep, you keep want, your mind will not accept you're not buying the house from the bank. You're buying the house from the seller. Then that's what I mean. Why wouldn't I just go to the seller? If it's a man-to-man deal, just natural man-to-natural man. Why would... You are going directly to the seller, but they can't negotiate that note. That's why the bank and the mortgage company and the settlement company and the loan officers are involved. Because the seller, if you give the seller the promissory note, they can't negotiate it. They can't oh, give the Federal Reserve note that they're looking forward to from your promissory note. So when I go to the loans officers, that would be a legal fiction. And I'm begging for a benefit mm-hmm. from a legal That's fiction. That's not true. That's, why do you keep wanting you? You're not a legal fiction. You're a natural no, no. man. No, the loans officer. You just said loans officer. That's a legal fiction. If I went to a loans officer and begged for a benefit or a privilege, how does that No, is the loan officer a legal fiction? No, he isn't. That's a title. Yeah, a legal title. He works for a legal corporation. Only only if you added the corporation, which you omitted. How, How did I omit it? I went to an agent of the bank. Okay, you went to an agent of the bank. But the agent of the bank is the what? It's still a natural person. 
Did you talk to an automated uh, machine or something? Did you, or was it a, a flesh and blood person? If you stabbed them with a pen, would they bleed just like if I stabbed you with a pen, you would bleed? Well, that's kind of irrelevant. But my point no, is, I didn't. But I didn't. I didn't go to Bob Smith's house on Saturday and write him a promissory note. I went to the bank and I sat at a desk where it said loans officer. You didn't go to anybody's house to write the promissory note. It was already no, I, written for you, and you just signed it. And it was prepared by a team of lawyers, correct? Not necessarily. Lawyers don't know how to do promissory notes. That's commercial banking. Well, Bankers who, know how to do that. Settlement title companies know how to do that. When you're talking about a settlement company, you're talking about a title company. Title companies do that. The title company is the one that does the fair wire to get that promissory note negotiated in the first place. So the bank That's how and the title. So you're saying I'm, the I'm bank. Sorry. So now you're saying the bank and the title company are natural mans. No, that's what you want me to say. That's not what I'm saying. No, I'm just I'm confused the the. Because there's a difference between a natural man and a legal fiction, and there's there's a distinct separation. And you're of saying course that, there is. And, and I, you're I saying, made that distinct separation. I said you're an agent for the legal fiction. But you're saying I didn't go to a loans officer. I went to a natural man. Well, why didn't I go to a natural man that works as a mechanic or a lumberjack? I went to a bank. I don't know why you didn't, because only you would know the answer to that. You're asking me why you didn't do something. That is not really a reasonable question because I don't know you. Furthermore, you're in Canada. I am not. You don't understand how foreclosures work. You don't understand how mortgage contracts work because you have every right to ask for any document with your signature on it to get a receipt for it. So are you saying Canadians are stupid or Canadians don't get mortgages? No, that's you wanting to take that. I'm not saying Canadians are stupid. But if, since you brought the word up, stupid, that's how you're thinking about yourself. That's not how I think about you. Did you not mention Canada? Because I didn't. What is that? No, are, you, are, you, are you in Mor- Ontario, Canada, or California? In Canada, but mortgages are pretty much the same all across North America. So we're, un- it's we're, irrelevant. we're under different jurisdictions. We there's things okay. that you can do in Canada in equity that we we don't do here in the United States in equity. So by you making that statement, now you're saying you're well versed on equity, which again your conversation betrays. Excuse me, I never said I'm well versed in equity. That's why I'm confused how the natural man interacts with a bank to get a loan, and then says it's a mistake. How does the natural man interact with the bank to open up a bank account? Well, a bank account is with a legal fiction also. Is it? Yes, a man cannot get a bank account. A legal person gets a bank account. But how did the legal person get the bank account if the man didn't go to the bank to fill out the application? Because the man filled out the application as a legal person. No, he didn't. He filled it out as a natural man. No, it has to be a person to get a bank account, to get a mortgage. To get any benefit from the government, you have to reduce okay. the status so, of a legal person. You were the one that said acting as an agent, right? 
An yes, agent I is did. A le- an agent is a legal fiction. No, an agent is not. Okay, well, how is Bob Smith, a natural man, operating as a loans officer? How is the loans officer not a legal fiction? Because just like you have two titles, Bob Smith in all caps is not Bob Smith, the natural man. So upper and lower case. So you're the saying agent the is upper and lower case, and the legal fiction is Bob Smith in all caps. You're the beneficiary to the name. You're the agent for the name. But the names are identical except for the way they're written. But the pronunciation are identical. So when the loans officer makes the deal with me, is he making that deal as a loans officer or as a private, just a natural man? Why don't you ask the loan officer? You're the one making the deal. You're asking me questions that will be really ludicrous for me to surmise. I was not there. You were there. Did but you but all ask mortgages, questions all mortgages, that you're asking of me? All mortgages, mortgages are not identical. No, they do but, not. All mortgages are the same. It's not just no, me. They, no, they are not. That's not okay, true. You're saying, okay, you're saying when I go to the bank to get a mortgage, it's different than when everybody else goes to the bank to get a mortgage? Right, because they have adjustable rate mortgages. You know, all mortgages are not the same. So you're making blanket statements as though you're an authority and you are not. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so are mortgages governed by codes and statutes? Would you would you do me a favor and go to YouTube and look up Meet Your Straw Man? Okay, could, but are mortgages governed by codes and statutes? Are they? I believe so. Okay. They all, they all fall under stuff like the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and RESPA and TILA and all that statute stuff, correct? No, they do not, but... You know, what? that's your belief. I know better. What it, laws? It, what laws? Gov- what jurisdiction governs mortgages? I just told you. You don't want to accept what I'm saying. You have I, your own concept and your own belief. Before statutes and codes existed, equity was here. Okay, I apologize if I missed your answer. But what jurisdiction deals with uh, mortgages? I just told you. I know. I'm sorry. I missed it. But can you tell me again, please? How can you miss, how can you miss E-Q-U-I-T-Y? So mortgages are governed by equity? Equity was here before statutes, codes, That's rules, not my question. Regulations. That's yes, not my question. I, I did not ask you which came first. I asked you what jurisdiction governs mortgages. I didn't ask which I came just first. told you. Again, you're not I think, listening. I, I think, you know, Ontario, her email address is on the web page. If you want to contact uh, Truth on the side, you're welcome to do so. But I don't see us benefiting from this. We're going back and forth. And okay, thank you. It's just, you know, uh, right. perhaps you can carry on All right, uh, thank you. in an email or whatever. Okay, thank you. Okay, hey, have a good night. Thank you. You too. You okay, next. Well. I thank you for your call and your question. I need. Money, my, I'm sorry. I need Hello. Go ahead. At no Hello. time. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, Mike. hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike. At go no ahead. time 
do I think anyone is stupid. What I said was, and please remember this, Hosea 4 and 6, it doesn't matter what religion you are. Hosea 4 and 6 in the Bible says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. And just because we don't know something doesn't mean that we're stupid. I don't know how to do plumbing. I don't know how to do TV repair. I don't know how to do heart surgery. I am not saying because you don't know something that you're stupid. That's ludicrous to me. I'm not in a position to make that judgment or to make that call. I don't know you like that. I'm just quoting what I've learned. And we're all ignorant of something. Just like I said, I'm ignorant of heart surgery. I'm ignorant of TB repair. I'm ignorant of plumbing. But you know here in the United States they have books. You could do it yourself. You can learn how to become a heart surgeon. Go to the library and get the books. That's the whole purpose of the call is to insight and ignite you, go get the book and read it for yourself. Don't take my word or my definition for it. I'm ready for you, Mike. All right. And uh, I, and uh, I'll, I'll go easy on you with another quick question. No, I'm only serious. Um, anyway, um, the question would be about the seller and the bank. Now, because we didn't know, we didn't know obviously that when we when we when we bought into these mortgages, bought bought into it, when we when we got in these mortgages, that you know the bank, you know we we went to the bank, we should have went to the seller, but it almost sounded like you were saying that like you didn't want to answer a part question because it seems as if you were saying the the bank was also the seller. Did I confuse? Did I get confused with that too, or no? But the bank is not the seller. He, the bank is only facilitating. Actually, you went to a realtor. Think about mm-hmm. the, what happened. You went to a realtor. You were looking for a house. They found you the house. They asked you if you like it. You put in an offer to purchase to the seller. Right. The seller accepted your offer. That's when the bank got involved. Now, bank, banks cannot own property, right? That's correct. Awesome, because of the liability and stuff. Um, question: uh, Does the when they when when we get our house and we, we we think we own a house now? I mean, we get the liability, but let's face it—you know—it it would be better to not own it, right? We would just better if we just use it. That's that's I agree with that. That's true. In equity, you're permitted to do that because awesome. once they collapse once they collapse the trust. If you see a house that you want, the trustee will purchase the house for you for your use and enjoyment, your life maintenance. But why? Yeah. The trust is always going to own the house. But I had to, uh, forgive trust. me for interrupting. Forgive me for interrupting, but I had another little tiny aha moment. But um, uh, I had thought since they would have to get, you know, let us, you know, have the house. I'm going to say have the house, but, you know, let us use the house. Uh, because you know we're, and they they should be able to do, let us use the house because we're using our names too, ain't it? Right. Okay. I don't know if you heard me say when they collapse the trust, they're going to put all the interest from your your VC and your Social Security trust into an LLC. 
Well, everything is going to be owned by the LLC. But whose LLC is it? It's yours. No one else could access it. But you can't do business from it. You can't operate it as a, a business. But whatever goods and services you need as a natural man, the LLC is going to provide it for you. They're going to buy your houses, your cars, your boats, your planes, your recreational vehicles, but you're not permitted to use Federal Reserve notes. You can't commingle funds because once you commingle funds, they're going to snatch all of that money back and collapse that LLC, and you're going to jail. So the money that's on the private side is an insurmountable amount of interest, and I call it credit money. I don't care if I never handle another Federal Reserve note. I don't have to take my debit card to an ATM and handle Federal Reserve notes. As long as if I want to buy Angela something, I can buy it and have it sent to her. As long as I want to take care of my children and get things for them and I'm able to do that. I don't ever have to handle money again. As long as I can make it to Hawaii and buy the house that I want to buy and it's owned by the LLC, I'm not going to a realtor to buy it. The the trustee of the LLC is going to handle all of that. But it's going to be for my life maintenance, for my enjoyment, for as long as I live. And then it's going to my children. Awesome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. I'm done, Angela. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Next up is um, Great Gazoo. You've been unmuted. Oh, that's me? That's you. Uh, hey, I I just put Hi. my hand up because I wanted to get Ontario off of there because the <laughs> kind of people, they have no understanding of capacity and the agency and all this kind of stuff. So when they're just rattling off questions and questions and claiming that they're confused, they're not. They're just trying to convince you to believe what they believe, and it's it's just a bunch of nonsense. But um, but I don't really have any questions. So Thank yeah. you. I appreciate you. Good looking out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's Thank a great you. call. And uh, last week you said something about the... um how you reverse the trustee position on the people, like if they send you something and you write on to it that it's trust property and you send it back to them, then they... Exactly. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm so glad you remembered that. Whenever you receive a presentment in the mail, you want to make a copy of it, write on the original special deposit, trust res, Remember, the trust res is the property of the trust. You want to make a copy of that and return it to sender because as long as it's in your possession, you are the trustee. When you return it to them, you make them the trustee. And it's always the trustee's duty to pay the debt or either go to jail for not settling the debt. So you never want the position as a trustee. Even in in trust law, you don't want to be the creator of the trust and the trustee of the trust. What you want to do 
in that instance, is you want to create a living will. That way you can manage the will while you're alive. Or you want to do a family living partnership. That way you can manage the partnership and its assets again as long as you live. But you don't want to do that in a trust relationship. You don't want to be the creator of the trust and also the trustee of the trust. You want to yeah, be... When most people send you the presentment, there's a there's a founding document that they're relying on, which is the reason why they have your name and address in the first place. So that original contract would make you the grantor, and then when they send you the bill, they're trying to make you the trustee. Exactly. It's just like they're trying to renegotiate the contract. The same mm-hmm. thing that judge does when he's trying to make you the all-caps name. And you say, no, I'm not the all-caps name. I'm the agent for the all-caps name. Well, he don't want you to be there as he wants you to be. He wants yeah. you to be the all-caps name. You have to be the all-caps name in order for him to transfer. You don't know how to pay the debt, which that whatever the charge is, there's a monetary debt that they can tap into your VC account or your social security account and discharge that debt. That's why they, you know, the 30 days that they allege they give you before they send you to prison, they're giving you the opportunity to settle and close that debt, to discharge and set off. But you don't know that. You're not aware of it, that you can pay for that charge and walk out free. Mm-hmm. Because all they want to do, they want your permission to tap into your account. Now, if you don't give it to them, they're going to tap into your account without your permission. Because somewhere some in their paperwork, you signed something. You signed yeah. something, and you didn't restrict that signature. Whenever you sign anything, put by, agent, or something, do not leave your signature unprotected. Yeah, or, or you sign for, or you can even sign a different person's name. Like if, if Bob. Well, I've done that before, too. Somebody wanted yeah. me to sign something. I don't want my name on it. I put Betty Crocker down there. I certainly did. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's all they're looking for is the... the uh, the authorized representative, which could be anybody. And if, right. if and anybody does sign it in in the UCC, if anybody does sign as authorized representative, then they it's the same as if the original person signed it. So um, there's one other thing that I wanted to talk about that was brought up last Thursday as well. Uh, someone brought up copyright and how that... Uh, the papacy on the name. They had the copyright of the name. Years ago, uh, I can't remember when, I created a very unique copyright, which I shared with quite a number of people at the time. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Sam Kennedy out of Albany, New York, that came up with beneficiaries and commerce before Brandon Adams came up with creditors and commerce. Yeah. Well, Sam was partially right. We are beneficiaries, okay? 
but we're not in commerce. That was the error. If you remember when I first started the call, we are in commerce because we waive our equitable rights. And when you waive your equitable rights, you become a public citizen, which you are not. You are a private people. And if you don't stop and correct that misnomer, which is Latin for misname, if you don't correct that, I'm not a public citizen. That's why the police can stop and give you a traffic ticket, because they're viewing you as John Q or JQ public. But private people, they're not taxable. Private people do not have to have driver's license. Private people do not have to register their vehicles. Private people cannot uh, pay property tax. If you get a tax statement and ask the county to explain every part of that tax statement to you, you'll see where they're designating that property as commercial property. In commerce, they deem that you're making money. When you drive, they say you're making money. That's why you have a passenger seat. Passenger denotes that a fare has been paid. They don't call it a guest seat. It's a passenger seat. As long as you use the words that they create, that they have jurisdiction over, that's how they seduce you into their web of lies. You have to do your own due diligence and your own research to know that the United States Supreme Court, which is the highest court in this country, says that no driver's license are necessary. Google it. Do not take my word for it. Then you need to have a printed-out copy to hand the police officer because you just can't tell him that when he said license the registration, please. You need to give him a physical copy, which he can read for himself. The United States Supreme Court says no driver's license necessary to travel on the public highways. You think he's going to to give you a ticket? Yeah, Yeah, you think he's going to give you a ticket there? No, because you're you're exercising your liberty and nobody's ever been arrested for exercising their rights. They can't. They can't. It is a $250,000 fine for a public servant. Remember, he's a public servant to interact with a private people, and he was not called. If you don't call him for assistance, it's a quarter of a million dollar fine for him. But that is for you, Greg DeZoo? Yep, that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, shall we move on? Uh, we've got uh, five more people with their hand up. Sure. Okay. Next up, California. Go ahead. You've been unmuted. Da da da. You've been unmuted, California. I I was just trying to also interject for, and I wanted to thank Ontario for his question. This is um, California again, because it's just kinds of questions that I myself have over the time I've been studying 
uh, one of the late, our late great gurus, uh, Robert Eugene Schaefer, who passed away recently, used to state that on the uh, checks that we signed as authorized representative written in really tiny letters where we put our autograph on it, and UCC 3-402 also states for Canada that uh, the agent is the authorized representative for that straw man. So if that helps him, and if he's still listening, uh, that was all I wanted to try to help interject because of the, uh, the heat that was rising with that. But I guess that would be good for the roundtable when people can help interject, uh, you know, and give these um, these educated, educational uh, learning tools for each man or woman who's listening because it's very pivotal for me as a hard case uh, to learn this stuff. And I could see that he wasn't getting it, but that helped me when I was studying the uh, the authorized representative on the check because it made clear sense. So, uh, again, thank you for just letting me share that. Of course. Okay. And we, we appreciate your input because I do not know it all. I am still learning. I mentioned that I'm taking continuing education classes. So that means I'm still in the process of learning. I just wanted to share that there's another viable opportunity for you, another way that's a lot easier than the way we've been previously fighting foreclosures. Yes, and I'm and I'm uh, I'm very much um uh, excited to to learn more, and I will be contacting you soon. So thank you. Uh, yes, thank you. Okay, let's see here. Thank you. Um, next up, Janine. Go ahead, my dear. You've been unmuted. Hi, Angela. Again. Hi. <laughs> um. I I I heard um, Truth actually mention about the straw man, and my question is, um, or, or what is actually what is the straw man? Your all caps name that they created from your your birth application that your mother filled out with the last name, your gender, then your first and middle name. Okay, so that's the straw man. Is your all caps name? Um, Every time I receive a letter from the bank, it's only got my all caps name there. So I was just wondering if the straw man is actually like the legal fiction that's created on these things and it's your all caps name um, and it's your only all caps name, um, that's what the banks give you. So that means that's how they see you? Right. A corporation, which is a bank, and who's ever sending you the information from the bank is an agent for that bank, can only do business with another corporation, which is why they turned your name around and capitalized it. Now, in America... Yes, that's what they do. They're actually doing, they're doing business with the corporation, which is your all-caps name. I have never seen 
something coming from the bank, like a mortgage or something like that, with your descriptive name written on it. Now, does anybody have a mortgage with their descriptive name on it, or is it only their all-caps name? Only if you demand that. You have to request that it's written the way it, you signed it. Does that make sense? It's your document. You can you can demand that they send out communication the way you signed your name. But what I what I was going to share with you, Janine, I don't know if it's true uh, where you are, but in our cemetery, all capital letters and all capital names represent a decedent which is a dead person. That's why the gravestone in cemeteries, the names are all capped because you're considered legally dead and you're dealing with the legally dead fiction because fictions are not alive. The corporations, they're not alive. They're well, that's, yeah, and that's exactly what Mike Miller was trying to explain to everybody is that you are just nothing but a legal fiction you are nothing but a corporation, a dead entity in their world. Right. So you're not supposed to be in their world. This is what we neglect or we don't remember. I can understand we're not supposed to be in their world. But how many people around the world at this time would know that your all caps name is actually a dead entity? Probably only about 200 people. I, 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 I disagree with you on that, Tiff, because it's more than 200 well, people in the United yeah. States that know that. But you well, have there's 100 the people world. on this call alone probably, that know. Yeah, so. probably now it is. But your average Joe, I mean, you know, like worldwide, Worldwide, if everybody walked in and got a mortgage tomorrow and said, nah, I'm sorry, I'm not taking that all caps name, that's just a fiction, you better write in descriptive text. They're going to probably turn around and say, look, that's the way we do it, that's the way all our bank details are written up, and if you can't accept that, you won't get a mortgage. I don't know, I've never tried it. But that's I not going to happen that way. But I, have, I certainly have it's, been it's to not the police. Calm down. It's not going to happen that way. First of all, you have to wait till you receive communication from them with the all-cast name. Of course, they're not going to divulge that to you at closing. They want to get paid. If they expose their hand too soon, then you you have sense enough to back out of the contract. Plus, you have a three-day right of rescission. They're not going to disclose it to you that quickly. This is this is something, one of the tricks they, they pull is, oh, we're going to file the deed for you and have it mailed to you. You don't need anybody to take your paperwork down to the county and get it recorded for you. You're quite capable of doing it for yourself. However, they seem so nice. If you look up the 12th century definition of the word nice, it means that you're stupid, ignorant, and don't know. So with that in mind, Am I a nice person? Of course not. But they changed the definition after 1215. And now we're all saying, but I'm a nice person. 
But the true definition of the word nice, before they change the definition, is that you're ignorant, you're stupid, and you don't know. And because I went to the largest dictionary in the library, which is the oldest dictionary, it's usually in the center of the library, and you look up what I'm saying and verify it, you'll never call yourself nice again. It doesn't matter that they've changed the original meaning still means something to me. I will never say a person is nice unless I'm trying to insult them. I'll never tell a person have a nice day unless I'm trying to insult them because I know that they don't know the true definition of the word. Of course. So if you turn around and say, oh, he's nice and smart, and then you know the proper meaning of nice and you know the proper meaning of smart... You know, when you turn around and say that someone is nice and smart, you are not saying polite words about them. Right. So the bank is doing the same thing with you when they're getting you to sign the contract. Remember, the contract is supposed to be done in good faith and with clean hands. They have neither. That's right. And all those people that are all right, I can, yep, and I can understand that. Now, for all those people out there that are now losing their property and their homes based on these fraudulent contracts that people have signed in good faith, what is your remedy? Is your remedy say, well, obviously it wasn't in good faith because you're using the all capital names, which is a legal fiction or a straw man or whatever you want to call it, and that's nothing but a corporation. That has nothing to do with it, if it's in a straw or not. What everything that has to do with it is that you volunteered and sign that contract, you would not under threat duress and coercion, and you gifted the bank title to your property. Again, you cannot give somebody something that you first do not own. Equity will not aid a volunteer, and equity will not perfect an imperfect title. These are the things you need to correct. You know that's what they did to you. They tricked you. They deceived you. You voluntarily signed that document because you're a little happy, but they showed you some keys. Me too. I'm not picking on you just because I said that. But my little happy, but they dangled the keys in front of my face. I wanted that house, right? So I signed where they told me to sign. I initialed where they told me to initial. I put a mark where they told me to put a mark. But again, I never met the bank. I never met a representative of the bank. Nobody identified themselves in that room to me as a notary. How how important is that? It's key because a notary must witness the signing of the document. Well, for a contract to take place, isn't it true that there's supposed to be two signatures on a on on anything? If it's if it's a contract. But we're not talking contracts. What is the deed called? It's called a deed of what? Deed of contract or deed of what? Trust. It's a deed of trust. You're dealing with trust law. It's in your face. You're dealing with trust law. And now now you want to go to a contract. 
Well, if you want to use contract, it's an adhesion contract, which means that it's only one signature. You got that? Adhesion means only one person signed. So driver's license and adhesion contracts, your social security application was an adhesion contract made with a minor, mind you. I'm I'm sorry, what did you just say then? If it's a contract, only one person needs to sign? No, no, I said, and it's called an adhesion contract where it's one signature. I've never heard that before, but if you You've go... You've never heard of an adhesion? No, no, never. Okay, well... A lot of them, there's a lot of them here in the United States, a lot of adhesion contracts. They get you coming and going. A, a driver's license application becomes an, right. that's an adhesion contract. It's a one signer, but they have rules over you. And you sign yeah, it. but it's not a trust. It's not a trust, though, is it? It's not a trust. It's, it's a trust relation. Well, yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's, but I don't know. Is there? Is there said an obligation I don't know if there Say what? Is that, it, did did oh. I hear you say it's actually an adhesion contract? It's right, not a. All your relationships are trust relationships. It's not an adhesion trust. It's an adhesion contract. Right. Go ahead, Truth. Yeah. Are you understanding? You're trusting the state that you need a driver's license to drive. You understand the trust relationship? All relationships are relationships of trust. You don't need a driver's license in the United States to travel. The Supreme Court said so. So by the state getting all this money for tags and plates and registrations, that's blackmail and extortion because they're leading you to believe you need something that you don't need. What you do need is insurance in case you injure another person. You have to be able to restore and make them whole. If I run into your car... I better have the money to fix it, or I better have a bond with that car can be restored. That's what you need. You need insurance. That good for you, Janine? I don't yeah, know, but, but, even, but even, yeah, but even that driver's license is all is in the all caps name, so that is a corporation. It's it's not in your descriptive text name. That's true. But and that, again, that's and, and, and that, you and that's right. But did you hear in the United States, the Supreme Court has ruled that we do not have to have driver's license. That the Supreme Court is the highest court in the United States. Well, a driver in Black's Law's dictionary is someone in a commercial sense who's actually getting paid to be on the road. So that that actually makes sense because if you're just mum and dad going to and from the shop, you don't you shouldn't need a license to do anything. What is what is because the roads are public. They're not they're not private. 
They're made for exactly. you to go from point A to point B without interference. Yeah. Okay, so and you, should, you should look at you should that look is. at some of Angela's archives and all of this was was how, how many years we did this seven years ago, Janine. We've had this conversation about the all craft name, the adhesion contracts, how we were deceived. What I'm telling you today, that doesn't matter. We can go back and correct the mistakes that we did willingly. That's correct. Yep, and and that's and that's what you're talking about today, and that's what I've missed, obviously. Well, thank God, Angela is recording the call because in equity, it doesn't matter how long ago you lost your property. You can go back and retrieve it. You can get the interest from your note, the securitization from your note. You can get your note, and you can get the house, and they're going to collapse your BC trust and your SSN trust and create a brand-new LLC. If you want to change your name, you can do that as well because the BC and the SSN are going to be annihilated, extinguished, and nullified. Who, who created who created the LLC in the first place? The LLC is going to have to operate in the public because you're going to have to have food. You're going to have to have goods and services. You have to have an entity to interact with the public. Otherwise, how are you going to get your food, your water, your um, shelter, your gas? Right. You have to have right. vehicles to interact with the public. That's what the LLC and, and, is for. And, you know, Carl even says you can, you should have oh. two, you could be both, you know, act in two capacities. You have to be able to act in commerce at some times, you know, and then you don't the rest of the time, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he says you can be, you can, you're a man, so as a man you can go in and out of, you know, Whatever jurisdiction, if it's if it's to your benefit, that's right. Whatever you need at the time. Let me give you a better example. Okay, but wait a Um, minute. We need to move on after this because there are eight people in line with their hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Janine. Quickly, I'm my mother's daughter. I'm my children's mother, and obviously, I would be my husband's wife. So I would not act like a wife with my mother. I would not act like a wife with my children. I'd only act as their mother. I'd only act as a wife with my husband. i only act as a daughter with my mother, but it's still me. You have the opportunity to switch hats, which in trust law is your cause title. Let's take the next question. Okay. Let's see here. Next up is Ali Mohammed. Go ahead, my dear. Hi, hey, Angela. Oh. How you doing? Hi. Fine, thank Hello, you. Hello, how, how are you doing, you? True? All right. Greetings, okay, greetings, greetings, beloved. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Peace be upon you. I, I, I just wanted to, to, to have you expound on something that I've been doing some research research on, which is the, the assignments. And, I, and I, I think I caught something here in the midst of, 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 of this chaos with these assignments, this, you know, this broken chain of, uh, of, of assignments. Or, or it's actually a broke, broken chain of title. And these assignments, I'm wondering, can you answer the question and, and answer that you can feel feel free to chat, uh, say something about it too. Uh, 
the assignment itself, does this assignment have to have the loan number on it as long as as well as the uh, docket numbers that goes to the uh, recorder of deeds, which is of course the docket number. I know that that exists, but I've seen assignments assignments that had the loan number on it and an assignment that didn't have a loan number on it. I'm wondering does that make a difference when you when they when they when they're acquiring this property. I don't believe so because what makes the difference is the Schedule A, which is the property description. However, I don't know how long you've been on the call. Angela has the document. There's a link to the document. If you download the document and read it, assignment is in there. Okay, I've seen many many assignments. I'm just, and this is just brought to my attention. I just noticed it here recently in the last several weeks that, that there wasn't. On, on a certain assignment, there was there were numbers, but they led they led to the document, the docket number, and the recorder deed. But that loan number was on one assignment, and I said, "This is a famous robo signer. Everybody familiar with a, 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 a Erica Johnson Sack is the biggest robo signer in history, if you ask me. But then there's other robo signers. Then there was uh, Felicia Felicia Swan. They were on these assignments, and I said, "You know what? I said this was broken from." from uh, MERS, and MERS passed it on, but what she did, what they did as vice president of this one particular bank, they went and changed the assignment without, left MERS out, I guess because MERS signed it over to them, and they did not put a loan number on that particular assignment. And I said, something happened there. This has got to be a break. A break. I'm, just, I'm just wondering if that's your opinion. No, that's not my opinion. That's a fact. And there was a break in the chain of title when they recorded the deed without the notes. The power to foreclose was void at that time because the note and the deed are designed to travel together. Right. Okay. So when they didn't record the note with the deed to show that the property was paid for, their power to foreclose with void. But again, that's because I know the law about that. And if you do, if you study, you're going to find out the same information that I have. There's nothing I know that you cannot learn. It's just that I, I happen to be learning it now. And I wanted to share it with people. There's a better way. Now, you can still try to battle it out in a court of law, or you can get you a book on equity and learn how to how to win in on the private side. You can Gibson's have about fifty different templates you can use to show you how to do it. So I can't make you. The book is free. You know you can order it online. I mean, download it free online. If you don't, I'll send it to Angela. I'll send you Pomeroy's. I'll send you Gilbert. I'll send you all the books I have on equity and trust law. That's not a problem. The problem would be, are you going to read them? Are you going to open them up? Are you going to do your due diligence? Are you going to take notes? Are you going to keep going over it and asking questions until the light comes on upstairs? And then you can say, Bye, Joe. I think I've got it. Sure. Well, 
thank you very much, and I appreciate it. I just I wanted to hear what you had to say, and like I said, Angela could have an input too, or anyone else is on the call, because this is something that I've just noticed here recently. And I know you're right, what you're saying right about, about the promissory note, and uh, sometimes they do, they're so, they're so uh, 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 bogus, they won't even sign a, a, a file, a promissory note with a foreclosure complaint. They're like, feel they have to file just to assign it. But you can get them because they do it. Well, they're doing as much now because we're not in the foreclosure crisis, but they still slip up and do it. You just have to watch their paperwork. But when equity, when it comes to equity, I know it's, you deal with chancery, and you, you might as well go back to the, to the Isles of England. I might as well go and put the Magna Carta in there when they talk about equity because, and, and, and I, wish, I, really, I really have to because, because they do what they want to do in equity. A lot of times. That's been my experience. No, they don't. Not, see, you're talking about at law equity. Equity defeats law. I, we have a bill of chancery. Most people don't even know what a bill of chancery is, but it's called the Unanimous Declaration of Independence of the 13 Colonies. Mm-hmm. That is a bill of chancery. It says there that we created government to secure our rights, and our rights are unalienable. Our rights cannot be lean. They cannot be weighed. But therefore, a natural man, we uh-huh. are governed by the consent of the governed. So we created government. Government is our creation. Your creation can never be greater than its creator. I think... We kind of forgot that. Just like you know how the apprentice started out. You're fired. Why can't you write your representatives, both state and federal, your senators and your representatives, and say, Trump, you're fired. If I have to spend $8 billion, I want it on my air, water, and food, which is the EPA. I don't give a flying freak about a wall. But my air, water, and food, that's important. The Environmental Protection Agency, if if you're going to take our tax money, send it to the EPA. Don't be stupid. I don't care about a wall, but I do care about my food, water, and air. Mm -hmm. Now, knowing that, are you going to contact your representative and tell them the same thing? I don't give a freak about a wall. If you're going to make the Americans spend $8 billion, spend it on my air, food, and water. It's a no-brainer. That wall is going to deteriorate. That wall is going to come down. That wall, they're going to have tunnels up under it. They're going to fly over it. If they want to come here, they're going to come. You're not going to stop them. But to make me pay for it, Against my will, don't be crazy. You're going to do what I want you to do with my tax dollars. I understand. But, you know, they, they have something called the Magna Carta. If this is still law, unless it's just, just something that's just hogwashed. We, we, the Magna Carta is 1215, okay? When I said 1215, I'm talking about the Magna Carta, but I was referencing Bill Thornton. That's his website, 1215. That's what it means, the Magna Carta. But I'm I thought it was, I thought it was 1220. Not to cut you off, 
But I thought it was twelve twenty-five. I, no, I could be wrong 15. though. Okay, twelve fifteen. Yeah. Thank you, because this is not a. <laughs> I'm telling you, we have our own bill of chancery. They've made movies about it. We have not paid attention to what's in that document. When the government has to be uh, disbanded, we as the people have a right to create a new government. What they're trying to do and what they're going to do, you're not prepared for it. They're going to declare martial law. Then how are you going to get food, water, and, and who's going to control the air? Who's going to make sure that the air is not being polluted by factories? By exhaust from automobiles or whatever. I tell you what, they make the cut martial law, but they're gonna stop that methane from 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 continuing to grow in the ocean. They're not gonna stop that. I don't care, I don't care how much martial law they they declare. That methane is still gonna continue to grow, and before you know it, this whole place is gonna be on fire. Let them keep it up. Okay, but I'm just saying, it's people that need to be prepared. They need to know because they're not aware of the pole shift. They're not aware of the separation of the states and where where the seven safe zones are. Okay. Things are things are happening. They're doing stuff to distract you to keep you from being focused on what's in front of you. You need to be in survival mode. You need to have all type of first aid equipment, all type of vitamins, water, survival food, stuff that's gonna last. I agree. All right. Thank you, Alim. All right. You're welcome. Have a good night, all. Thank you. You too. You too. Thank you for your call. Okay. Next up, uh, Money Mike again. Go ahead. We've got a whole bunch of people here. T-Man, Connecticut, California, West Washington, Panhandle, Texas. Go ahead, Mike. I thought Donaldson was nice. <laughs> no, we'll let him. He, no. He's walking away. You want That's to give fine. him your turn? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Donaldson. Be brief. <laughs> if that's possible. Anything is okay. possible, I guess, for Angela. <laughs> hey, let's move on. Come on. Chill. What do you want to say, Donaldson? Uh, well, ultimately... I'm just looking at the chat, going back to bona fide purchasers, okay? And I I think by her bringing up her, meaning the guest. Uh, truth. Truth, okay. Uh, talking about, like, the like Declaration of Independence or something like that has something to do with being a bona fide purchaser. But, I mean, technically speaking... When you pay for your ID or driver's license, you're really, it's particularly the ID, you're paying for the <laughs> protection service, right, of your name, the intellectual property. And actually, that's a federal law. That's Intellectual property is governed by federal law. Okay, those, there's a, there are certain areas of law that are strictly governed by federal that, that are not concurrent with state law that the state has no authority to actually govern over, which are strictly federal questions. And, and one of those is intellectual property. 
and that's where the name comes into it all. So I think, I mean, there's a lot of people not seeing a lot of things that are going on around them. But uh, I guess truth, here's a, here, here, let me ask you a quick question about that right there regarding the uh, the bona fide purchaser. Like, um, let's say I pay the, the fee for the driver's license or the ID, right? Do I now become a bona fide purchaser of the services or the protection of the name that the state is holding? Or am I, it, it, you know, and now am I known as man in the system? You see, because until someone steps up as a bona fide purchaser willing to pay the fee, I don't think there's really a, a man stepping up to the plate. What do you think? I think you've become an aider and a better and a third-party co-conspirator, accessory to the crime. That's it? That's it. <laughs> okay. You're a, party, you're a party to their criminal activity. You're a third-party co-conspirator, aider and a better, accessory to the crime. So how could you be a bona fide anything? They're cre- cre- committing a criminal act against people. Truth? Yes, I mean. Oh, okay. I, it, it sounded like you got cut off there. Oh, no, I'm but, ready for the next question, if he can accept that answer. Oh, okay. Well... Let's see. Washington, D.C., you've been unmuted. Go ahead. Hello? Washington, Washington D.C., you've been unmuted. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, um, this is, uh, I, my question was, um, can this uh, equity uh, system also be used to uh, get rid of a, a, car, a car loan? Yes. Did you sign a promissory note when you purchased a car? Yes. You can get the securitization back from that note on the equitable side. And that's the only way you can get over there and collapse those trusts. You do that same procedure. Yes, sir. And one of, how do we find uh, the the paperwork that you put into the chat? Angela has a link. You must have not been on the call earlier. The paperwork that was sent, there's a link. If you go to guest speakers, look under my name, True, there's a link there for you. I'll try again. This is Daryl. Yeah. Okay. I uh, it's on the guest speaker. Well, it's not on the guest speakers page yet. I just got them. They're on the uh, if you go if you go to the home page where it says up in the right corner tonight's call, click on that, and that'll open up the talk show page on my website. The, the just the uh, advertisement showing who's going to be on tonight, and you'll see there are two links under Truth's name for tonight's call. 
Okay, Angela, I sent you something in your email as well. Now, you didn't put that up, did you? No, uh-uh, I didn't see it, actually. Okay. Is that me an email? <laughs> yeah, I sent you an email with the whole process for you to study and learn. And I, I wanted feedback in a, in about four weeks after you've had the opportunity to view it. Okay. Well, and that's the disadvantage the callers have tonight. The paperwork is there but you haven't had the opportunity to read it. So all of this sounds foreign, and it sounds convoluted. And the reason some people are confused, because they haven't heard of the private side of equity. They only know the public side. The law mimics equity. The law loves equity. They love it so much that they want equity on their side to try to trick you and keep you from true equity on the private side. When you go to the post office, it says United States Post Office on the building. When you go in and go to the counter, you're at the United States Postal Service. I cannot deceive you if it's not similar in some way, shape, form, or fashion. The United States is a corporation. The United States of America is the land. The Constitution specifically says the United States of America is for private people. We the people. The reason why the judge will tell you in court the Constitution doesn't apply to you because you're a public person in a public courtroom and you're not expressing the trust. I'm a beneficiary. I'm the agent. You're the beneficiary of what? The trust. Whose trust is it? It's the straw man trust. But who's the beneficiary of the straw man? You are. Next question. Um, Hold on one second. I was looking for your email. I can't find it. Oh, well. Okay, next up is um, T-Man. T-Man, you've been unmuted. Hi. Thank you, Angela. Hi, Truth. Greetings, greetings, greetings. How are you? Uh, My question is, uh, you were talking earlier that uh, we do an administrative process in the private side, notary to notary. So my question is, uh, is a notary both public and private or what uh how do we, how do we utilize the notary to uh or use the first of all on the private side you you kind of miss speaking what i said okay. your administrative process is on the public side okay i got you you have to default them on the public side that's your evidence to open the door on the equitable side that makes all the sense in the world right there. Thank you. If every document I send, I make sure I have a giraffe from a notary or an acknowledgement because they cannot do affidavit. Now, if you send in a certified document, they have to send you back a certified document or else you get them in a default. And, yes, there is such a thing called a private notarial it's not a private notary. On the private side, they're called a notarial. 
and they have a 21-piece silver bond. Next question, please. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next up is Connecticut. Go ahead, Connecticut. Did you have a question or a comment? Yes, I have a question. Okay. Hi. Um, I, when you filed the claim, you started out on the public side. From there, how do you get to the private side? How do you remove stuff from one, one jurisdiction to another? I'm not sure. You were motioning the court. Okay. Uh, so in oh, while I'm in court, then I would um, ask for um, a private meeting or meeting in chambers? No, not while you're in court. Who would you go to if you want to do a motion? Um, the clerk. Then you would, you would ask the clerk what is the procedure to okay. proceed with your, your case on the private side. Okay. And I know who this is. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello. Thank you. All right. Thank you for, for your help. <laughs> uh, next question, please. Okay. Well, let me ask you, though, if you go to the clerk and you say you want to you wanna, uh, motion the court to move it to the private side and they say, what's that mean? What do you say? No. The equity, the, the the equity court, no. or what do you say? Hey, no, trust me. Now I'm not asking you to talk to the minions and the desk trolls. I'm asking you to talk to the clerk of the court. Okay. The clerk of the court runs the court. Right. So the clerk of the court would tell you that you have to. Um, number one, you have to put in a cover. It's like a civil cover sheet on a federal case. You have yeah. to have a cover sheet. You have to have your request. You have to have your documentation that you are a private people. Mm-hmm. All your ducks have to be in a row because now remember, if you do not have any authentication that you're a private people, you're not going over there. And remember, to be in equity can be in judges' chambers, in camera, or a private conference room with just you and the judge. And the judge is going to take off his robe and switch hats. Have you seen that happen? Yes, I have. I'm going to walk you through the whole process because of Nevada, Las Vegas, hello. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? So once you do it, then can't you help someone else? I can't help everybody, but I can teach other people that can help other people. Okay. Next up is West Washington State. Then we have Panhandle, Texas, and then um, Money Mike in California. Go ahead. Go ahead, West Washington State. You've been unmuted. Thank you. Um, actually, I have just a couple of simple comments. The word you is a trick word, um, as we say in English, which is not my native tongue. We say you are, you're not, you is. So um, in court, when the man acting as the judge 
tells you or asks you, do you understand the charges? There are two trick words in there. Um, that's going back about an hour in your talk. But you also mentioned that a privately held note cannot be negotiated. Um, can you um, continue your thought on that a little bit as far as the Federal Reserve, the apothecation of all our properties and belongings and even our bodies? Is that so? Okay. The, the last question... I never said the note was privately held. It's privately negotiated because you're not aware of the process of the negotiation. Right. Your note is written out in words like you do a check. It's 100000 okay? The mortgage deed has numerical amount, 100000 the one hundred thousand that's written is lawful money. The one hundred thousand in numerics is pesos. Your your whole contract is in two different denominations of money. Most people don't know that. Again, you need to look at the documents. Never said they were privately held. They just negotiated in a way that they sent a fed wire to the Fed window. The Federal Reserve Bank monetizes and credits the account whatever bank wants to be the servicer. They they put that money in that bank account. But your note pays for the house. That's the purpose of you writing the note. And if you ever heard of Dan Benham out of Michigan, that's who I first learned about foreclosures from. And he he did such an excellent job. Now, Dan has been locked up for uh, income tax evasion. But I know that the IRS sent him a gold-stamped, notarized document saying that he was tax-exempt. Yeah, you know, he's been on our call a half a dozen times. Yes, I know. So um, we 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 learn from different sources, mm-hmm. and I'm just sharing some information that I'm very ecstatic about. Which uh, previously I was going to tell you about my copyright. I do a biometric copyright, and what I'm saying is, I copyright my RNA, my DNA, my sweat, my saliva, my epithelial cells, my iris skin. Voice recognition, fingernails, wow. toenails, toe prints, fingerprints. Everything that you were, you came into this world with, you can copyright it because it's unique to you. So you don't have to worry about the name. You can copyright. It's called a biometric copyright. And I, you know, I was blessed to get the idea for that some years ago. I guess about 13, 14 years ago. Okay, it's another thing I wanted to share with you. Those of you who have a dollar bill, a 5, a 10, or a 20, I want you to pull them out, look at the seal to the left. And I'm going to give you a moment to do that. So if you have a dollar bill, 
and you have a 5, 10, 20, if you're 100, I need you to pull out the two different denominations and look at the black seal on the left. I don't have any money here in front of me. Sorry. On the left of the yeah, face but, of the, of the but president you, on but you did, But you have the template, so don't worry about it. Because like I said, I'm going to go through everything with you one-on-one for a specific reason. Oh, no, now, I, see. I, look, I looked it up last week, and I couldn't find it, but now I see what you're saying, Federal Reserve System. It says what? Federal Reserve System on this 20. On this but $20. on the dollar bill, it says what? Federal Reserve Bank. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the dollar bill comes from the Federal Reserve Bank, and all other denominations come from the Federal Reserve System. Oh. Right. Yeah, you're right. I look for it on the different uh, on the wrong places. Thank you. Now so see. now, if I want to discharge his debt, am I going to use a bank note or a system note? Probably a system note. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're going to use a bank note. Stop it. You right. people need to stop that. Oh. <laughs> so you get all one. Well, but if you want to use a larger denomination than a dollar, you're going to be using a system note, right? No, you're going to be using a bank note. And how? Are you going to just use all ones? You just use one one. What's greater? Oh, I see what you're saying. What, what's greater, a plus one or, or, or a minus 1,000? A plus one every time. Okay, well, the dollar bill is legal tender for debts both public and private. So you take one dollar. And, and you can discharge any debt. Any number? <clears throat> you can see it's what it's what we don't know that's going to hurt us. There's a process to do that, and it's still legal. Have, you, have you done that? Have you discharged debt with one dollar? You know, I don't have no debt. I'm cash and carry. <laughs> okay, but have you done what you're talking about using a one dollar bill? No, but I can tell you. I can tell you I created the template back in 2009. Why haven't you used it? I I don't have debt. You could take a $1 bill, you could take a no. one silver dollar, or you could take a red fox stamp and discharge any debt. How? What does Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1 of the Constitution says? The lawful money of the United States is what? I don't know. What? It's a coin. You said coin. it earlier. Oh, you know, are you sleeping? Yeah. No. Okay. So if, if the lawful money of the United States is a coin and you're using federal reserve notes, are they unconstitutional? Okay. So how do so, you discharge that with $1 bill? Because it comes from the Federal Reserve Bank. How many times have they changed all the other denominations? Several, but they've never changed the dollar and the $2 bill. The $1 bill and the $2 bill has been constant. They've never yeah. changed it. Because it's a, a, a dollar is actually a, a unit of weight and measure. It stands for so many grains of silver. Exactly. You, re- you remember. That's good. 
know. I've known that a long time. I know. I know that. They never changed the $1 bill. Because and they never the changed the $2 bill. bill. But all the other denominations. The, I didn't know about the $2 bill. Okay, so now you understand why I told the gentleman that he's a third-party co-conspirator, aider, and a better accessory to a crime because Federal Reserve notes are unconstitutional. Boy, it's hard to convince a bank or a business or a court, you know, of that. I don't because know. Because the Federal Reserve Bank is the only bank in the in the United States authorized to counterfeit. Federal Reserve notes are unconstitutional. They they are licensed to counterfeit. But if I do it, they want to arrest me because oh, I'm yeah. not licensed. See, because yeah. I'm not licensed to do it. Right. Pharmaceutical industries are licensed to sell drugs. But if I sell drugs, they want to arrest me. Okay, but how do, you discharge, how do you discharge a debt with a $1 bill? Angela? I'm going to tell you again, all that information is in your email, and we're going to go over everything step by step because you know it's midnight, right, where I am. How many people? Okay, let's get the rest of these questions answered. All right. Let's see. Panhandle, Texas. Go ahead. You've been unmuted. Uh, Find a... There you are. Go ahead, Panhandle, Texas. Yeah, Angela, I looked on the website there, and I couldn't find True's email address. It's on the bottom. It says, uh-uh, email True's on the page. Go to www.myprivateaudio.com. Yeah, I went click on the Okay, and you click on the guest speakers page. I did that. Okay, and then you click on Truth. I did that. You scroll down to the bottom of the page. Okay. Uh, okay. okay, let's take care. Scroll down to the bottom. There's a little box with a heart in it. See the squiggly heart? It's yeah. a really cute. Click on that. Or look just below it, there's a link. It is Corpus Juris Truth at Hotmail dot com. You see it? Boy, there's a lot of static. Did you scroll down to the bottom of the page? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you see a heart? A black heart? No. Okay. You don't? No. Well, on the right of the page, do you see where it says sponsored? And there's a bunch of names. What are you looking at it with? Phone? Or are you just, on a computer? Just spell it out for him, please, so we can go to the next question. All right. It's Corpus okay. Juris Truth. C O R P U S J U R I S T R B. D-A, that's Corpus Juris Truth, at Hotmail.com. Make sure you use a B instead of the letter U for yeah. truth. Yeah. It's T-R-B yeah. like in Victor. Okay. At Hotmail.com. Right. 
at hotmail.com. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Drew. Bye. You're uh, welcome. Like call. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Okay, next up is uh, Money Mike. Go ahead. Do you want to say something, or do you want to just tell me that Donaldson was before Okay. You? Okay. Um, I just want to, it would be more of a little quick comment and that'll be it. But you made me realize something is that, uh, you can't just go, you can't just go blindly to certain people, people for, you know, like thinking that, that everything is okay. You got to check everything and before you even sign anything or okay. before you even, before you even learn anything or, you know, you gotta, gotta make sure it's all, you know, crystal clear and stuff and, why would I want to, you know, it's like, you know, why, why should I go to a bank to get a, you know, like a loan or, you know, because, you know, th- that's what they're supposed to give you, you know, but if I, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't know that what happens is later on, you know, then some, I, I get it from all of a sudden from some goofy third party company asking for a mortgage. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, I, I got a loan, I didn't get no mortgage. So it's like, you know, it took me a while to learn that, you know, but. And that, that's the thing, you know, and that's why, that's why I'm glad I heard you today because it's like, like you said, said yourself, you know, it's like don't take everything, you know, everything that's said at face value. You know, you got to, you know, question it. So that's that's good. Well, doing thanks, your Jim. due diligence. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks, Mike. See you. Okay. Next question, please. Next up, California. Go ahead. You've been unmuted. Well, I just wanted to give a little short poem on the end because I think I might be the last caller. But is we the people shall prevail. Be patient. Be in honor. Stay steadfast. Never give up. Educate ourselves ceaselessly until we can recite what we believe is real and true. Open up our eyes and ears. Don't just hear the words. But listen and accept what we have been taught and been misled. And take whatever anger might lie inside us and have faith. We the people shall prevail. Thank you. That's very nice. Thank you. Certainly but, you're not. but we I still have a, have a few more. Okay, I have a few comment about the word you. When I say you, I'm not. Um, not including myself. You means we. So if I say you, don't think that I'm talking about you separate from myself. Because I'm guilty of the same things that you are guilty of. I went down the same rabbit hole that you went down. I tried to do a full court shot from a baseball diamond just as you have. But now that we know better, we do better. Now that we know we have the right to correct our mistakes, that's what we we need to be doing, correcting those mistakes. From my birth certificate that our mother's, uh, the application that our mother signed, getting and confiscating those documents. They belong to a living man or woman, not a corporate picture. Those are your documents. You can get them. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next up is Talkshoe nine zero one. Go ahead. You've been unmuted, and then Ontario, and then Donaldson. Go ahead, and that's it. We're gonna. That's we're three hours already, and I'm sure yeah, yeah. Truth is tired. Go ahead, Talkshoe nine zero one. 
Would you give me your email address again? I couldn't hear it. Ben, do you mind spelling it out? Corpus Juris no, Truth. No, you spell each word. I can understand what you're saying. Okay, Corpus is C O R P U S, like Corpus Delecti, you know, Corpus. C O R P U S, and Juris, J U R I S, and then Truth, spelled with a V, that's T R V T H. At hotmail.com. T R V T H. I mean, T as in Tom, R T as in Victor, T H at hotmail.com. Yes. Uh, I, I got on this call late, so I meant to review the, uh, on your talk shoot email, oh. me on your program. I have a question for your guest. Do you teach this to people, and do you have a website? Truth? Are you still with me? Oh, no, we lost truth. Oh, my gosh. Um, Her light's out on the phone here, so maybe she'll try to call back in. We'll give it a few minutes. Hold on. Oh, my goodness. Maybe her battery died. I don't know. Well, we'll wait a minute. Oh, maybe that's her. Is that you, Truth? Yeah, Truth? I was kicked oh. off the combo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I saw the light go on. I went, oh, my God. But I'm glad you made it back in. Did you hear her question at all? Uh, let, uh, would you repeat it, please? Yes, ma'am. You want, do you have go a, ahead. Do you have, do you have a web? I've got your this call late. Do you have a um, web address? Do you teach people this? Okay, because you were on the call late, I, I do have a round table that I'm composing of ten individuals to teach this to because everyone in the United States needs help. Everyone needs this information. And yes, it, it will be taught, but not necessarily by myself. But presently, yes, I am teaching it. Okay, I give classes on on a weekly basis. So just send me an email and how much is your on client? I beg your pardon? Does one just send you an email to enroll in your class? And if so, what is the fee for your class? Oh, well, we're going to start a web class. Uh, but right now my classes are at Denny's for three hours, and it's $60. All right, I'll send you an email. Thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. You. If you're in Michigan, where she is, that's a good deal. Three hours for sixty bucks. I'm not in Michigan. Well, it says Michigan here on the thing. My phone Are is you... always going to say that. You know, I'm from Michigan. Well, I'm I know, but Michigan. you. Well, you said there was a three-hour difference. It was in midnight over where you are. So where are you? I'm in. I'm in D.C. I'm in the district where we knew president is. Did you hear me? 
I don't hear anybody. I don't think she realized that she she <laughs> excuse me. But I never disclose exactly where where I am. That's my paranoia. Huh? Thank you, darling. Now, if I was at home, I, I would have known to say I'm in the metropolitan area because actually I'm, I don't live in Detroit. I live in the suburbs, but that's none of their business. Hello? Hey, Truth. This is Donald. Yes. How you doing? What happened to uh, Angela? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure yet, but uh, I got unmuted. So there's probably just some glitch, and I'm sure Angela will be back on the call shortly. If Donaldson is unmuted, then you know Angela will be shortly. <laughs> okay, just as long as you know, I'm still on the call, and I haven't hung up yet. Why don't you go ahead and continue with what you were attempting to, you know, respond with? No, the lady was asking me about classes, and then mm-hmm. because... I have a Michigan area code. Angela thought I was at home, but I'm in the D.C. area. You do classes. Now, let me ask you a question. How does the government treat you? I'm sorry? How does the government talk to you or treat you regarding your teaching law, but you're not a lawyer? How does that work? Um, you know, Sims versus A-H-R-E-N, Aaron. You're quoting case case law, right? You're giving me a site. Okay. That's correct. Correct. Sims, S-I-M-S, versus A-H-R-E-N-S. You're talking about the common right of everyone to practice law? Very good. Well, thank you. You can't do stuff that you don't know. Well, you shouldn't be doing stuff that you don't know. And if you're doing stuff, you better have their case laws to support your position. Right, right, because I, you know what? That's why precedent is so important, right? But what do you know about creating rules of court? Because you can, you can like, I'm sure you have remedies for days, right? But when, when it comes to Bill creating Thornton, a whole new way of living and, and, and creating a, a way of life that is free from government constraints, I think a exactly. lot of people on the call want that. They want that, you know, and they fiend for that, like I do. And okay, but so they, how are you offering their that? Heart, their heart has to be right. Unless they're their brother's keeper, like I have this information, and it's, you know, like $2,500, not that I want to put a price on it, but you can't afford to be a person's enabler if you want to be their empower. So you can't give them something for nothing because they're going to take this information and if their heart isn't right, they're going to exploit other people and just sell it to them 
without having the evidence of how it works. When I'm here physically to walk people through the process and then leave and go someplace else, teach it, and walk people through the process. Everybody doesn't do that. They'll give you their paperwork, they'll charge your arm and a leg for it, and it's like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall. If it sticks good, if it don't, oh well. well let me ask you let me ask you this. Let's say let's say someone follows through with your process, right? They pay, they get your help, they go and they do the thing, but then they get in front of a judge at some point but can't answer the question that the judge is asking. Are they going to be able to rely on you to come in at a later date and kind of correct the fact that you were ghostwriting for them? But it's 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 not even like that. You cannot lose in equity. It's an impossibility. The criteria to get into equity is the judge has to be able to identify one trust. The one trust he needs to identify is the administrative process you do expressing the trust with whomever is sending you a presentment. And how do you express a trust? You you copy it. Right. You sign on the original special deposit, trust res, and you send it back to them. But now you know what's funny you, about, can I interrupt you for a second? A trust is a contract also. It is not. It, it is a form of contract. It really is. It's, a, it's, a, it's an agreement. It's not necessarily a contract. Oh, really? It's an agreement? Yes. <laughs> okay. Because how can, how can you and I walk together except we what? Mm-hmm. We have to agree, don't we? I mean, yeah, if we want to get something accomplished, I think so. Right, but even walking seriously, just you and I walking down the street, you and oh, I cannot walk together if we don't have an agreement. On this phone call, we can't actually get somewhere unless we have an agreement to actually look beyond the the finite or the little minuscule, uh, you know, the minuscule um, idiocracies, things that might pop up, right? Little things that that may cause me to like spout out or something like that, you know, and blurt out, I would look past that, you know? Well, I, that's okay, what I was back. doing. Oh, okay. That's I what I was doing. Off. Sorry. <laughs> Angela, oh, okay. we were helping. How are you? You okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm you out now. Okay. I'm, I'm in D.C. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Because it says Michigan on here, so I was... But anyway, in closing, let me say this. I lived in Herndon, Virginia, you know, and that's really close to D.C., okay? And and when I went out to D.C., what I noticed was there was super, it was super ghetto. It was really, really um, dirty. And um, I can just tell you that it didn't have the same culture and and, and appeal that, that Virginia had, you know? D.C. is something else. Donaldson, out. Okay, well, you should come to my class tomorrow. It's going to be at the Denny's in College Park, Maryland, from 6 to 9. Just FYI, if you'd like to do a meet and greet face-to-face. Okay. Okay. I'm actually, I'm actually in California, yeah, so I unfortunately can't make that, but that's sweet for you to invite me. And I mean, it feels good to have, actually, you know, 
to be invited to things. Well, I'm I'm headed that way, but I I don't plan to stop. I'm on my way to Hawaii, so I, I don't I know if I'm going to stop or not. Let me ask you a question because huh? I know this call is going on and on, and you're traveling and you have things to do. But I want to file. I was wondering about filing federal lawsuits and why would I want to file a federal lawsuit? Let's say I woke up to the truth about the government, right? The state and the local municipality taking advantage, and now. Someone says, "Oh, file a, file a federal lawsuit." Well, why would I want to do that? And what would I? What would it be? Would it be in, for injunctive relief, or would it be criminal? Would it be civil? What, what's going on with that? Well, I don't know. It depends on what is it. What's the perp, What is your intent, and what is your purpose for filing the lawsuit? You could file a federal lawsuit in any state. So if they if they did something to you in California. Of course, you can come to Hawaii and initiate the lawsuit. I don't know how familiar you are with The Matrix, but Sophia Stewart wrote The Matrix, and Warner Brothers stole it from her. She sold, she sued them in Nevada, I believe, for The Matrix, and she sued them in Utah for The Terminator because The Terminator and The Matrix is one book. It's the past, present, and future. So I don't know if you're aware of that. You can issue, uh, initiate a federal lawsuit in any state. You could have them come to Alaska if that's where you want. Right. In other words, so wherever the effect of the um, the breach was felt, like say 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 there was a taking in New York, but the the effect of the taking was felt in Massachusetts then you could file a claim in Massachusetts and then have cause New York to come down to Massachusetts. That's right, or even have them come to Connecticut. But you definitely want them to be in a place that's not going to be biased. And don't don't think that federal court, once you, you allege that they violated your constitutional rights, well, they're not constitutional rights. They're prohibitions to them because your rights are guaranteed from God. But once you you say they they violated that constitution, federal judges don't play that. Here's my position they, they, with regard to sanctuary cities. I, see, I'm of the position that I would like to file a federal lawsuit, right, for injunctive declaratory relief um, to enforce specific statutes and regulations as well as constitutional provisions um, that allow for equal protection for me living here in San Francisco and the sanctuary city policies and totally get rid of this concept that sanctuary cities are supposed to be merely for immigrants or refugees, but they can actually be used, you know, and bring on the idea that they can be used for people who are waking up and ready to get out of bed. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to be, I want to be safe, you know, I'm like, yeah, 40. But- just the fact that he targeted sanctuary cities, that's discrimination. And that's no, a federal offense. Yes, Wait it a is. minute. Hold on. You know what's discrimination? is being labeled a sovereign citizen when you're just waking up to understanding the law. That's discrimination. That's called a badge no. of slavery, in my opinion. You know? No, that's not true either, because you need to check uh, Chisholm uh, versus uh, Georgia. And he, What's the Georgia? I have it right here. I can put it. I can put all these cases in the chat room. Go ahead. Oh, 
Schism versus Georgia, mentioned to sovereign citizen, and Yick Wu versus Hopkins, also mentioned to sovereign citizen. You need to know what a sovereign citizen is. And a sovereign doesn't necessarily have to have subjects. You can be a sovereign without subjects. I'm not worried about that. My only thing, my my main concern is that cities and counties are acting like sovereign citizens. They are they are refusing to follow federal law. Like what I'm doing by opting out is is totally lawful. That's not being a sovereign citizen by opting out. But what what these cities no, and municipalities the are doing, what the cities and municipalities are doing is completely unlawful by failing to follow federal law and also regulations as well as these banks too. Banks completely failing to follow any of the regulations. They create their own internal policies and they create they act this illusion that they're private entities constructing doing private business and that they have their policy but they don't somehow have to follow federal law. Well guess what you guys? If there's a symbiosis with you and the state because you paid a fee, well there's a symbiosis with the bank and the federal government too, because there there's a mutually beneficial relationship there, and they are under the government obligation. Which leads me to my next question: Doesn't the bank this have the a government? One. Thank you. Doesn't this bank the bank have a government obligation, and why do they pass it down to private people? Okay, number one, the banks are the federal government Frankenstein. Do you understand what I mean by that? No, what do you mean? Federal government created banks. The banks cannot be greater than their creator. If the federal government can't foreclose on you, neither can their banks. So they're doing it because of our ignorance, because we allow them to. And we don't know that we we can stand up against that. So federal government created banks. Banks are their Frankenstein. Just like the government is our Frankenstein. Who created government? The people. Well, the government is our Frankenstein. When Frankenstein goes into town to play with the kids, what happens? When the other people see him, they drive him back to the castle and burn the castle down with the creator. You understand the analogy? Let's take the next question in quickly, because <laughs> I know you need to go. Uh, okay, let's see. Ontario, go ahead. You've been unmuted. Hey, it's Mike from Canada again. Hi. Greetings, uh, Mike. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Um, yeah, I apologize if I uh, seemed a little disruptive before. Um, no, no. If you don't, if you don't understand, you don't understand. Yeah, I just um, I've I've been studying common law, and I make a very clear distinction between man and government, or man and the legal society. That's part of my confusion. I keep them very separate. But what I was wondering is, next time you come on the call, would you be able to do a very quick overview about how you would handle? Like a mortgage foreclosure through equity, because I think that would you can probably listen to the beginning of the call. If if the call is recorded, go back and listen to the call and take notes. 
Everything you need to know, I've already answered. Plus, I have supporting paperwork that's on the website. Okay. All right, thanks. And email me. Email me, Mike, okay? All right. Okay, thanks. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. You know, I'm on my cell phone. I had to call back on my cell phone, so I can't turn off the... Well, I guess I... I guess I could turn off the call. Let me see if I can. Well, we need to end it anyway. We've gone over three hours, and my but my son's caregiver is leaving. So, wow, one hell of a call, Truth. Well, you know, Thank only you. for you, Angela. Nobody wow. else can get 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 my time like that in a week's notice. You know, you know, you got to notify me, give me much more advantage than that. Well, but this time that's I will. You know I love you. I, I love and, and, you, and I appreciate all your time and energy and sharing with us your wisdom and knowledge and offering, uh, you know, for people. I mean, for you to have a class, that's so wonderful because people need to learn this stuff. And it's yeah. really complicated in a way, you know. It's when you when you don't understand, it's it it's complicated. <laughs> it makes it really difficult to understand. You know? Yeah, well, man fears the unknown. And, you know, I tried to share, well, I didn't try to share it. You know, I, I asked you for somebody's number, so I emailed them to make sure they had the same email number to share it with them because I want everybody who's, who I know has a heart to help other people and not exploit people, I want them to have this knowledge. So give Joey my love. And I, well, you know, I wanted to ask you one more thing before I forget. Have you heard from Constitution Man? Uh, I believe he's transcended. I can't reach him. Oh, you know my what God, I mean that's what I was him. afraid. Yeah, I was yeah. afraid you were going to say that because I haven't been able to either. So um, everybody say a prayer for the Constitution Man. Hopefully he's still with us, but... Uh, I ha- you know, nobody's been able to reach him that I know, so. All right. Well, you know, he was dying of Asian orange. He had cancer already. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know most Vietnam, yeah, most Vietnam veterans have Asian orange. That's what it is. It's cancer. It's, it's when they sprayed that uh, insecticide on all that foliage in Vietnam yeah. to kill the Kill the trees and stuff. Those soldiers had to inhale that. So most Vietnam soldiers came back with Asian orange. That's why they destroyed the mirror building in Oklahoma. It kept all their miracle records. That's right. So, again, love you. Talk to you soon. Call me anytime. All righty. And do you you use your Skype? Are you using your Skype? Yeah, you are. Yeah. My computer is on all the time. Yeah, mine too. (laughs) <laughs> but right now my Skype is off. I can't even do anything right now. I'm, I've got to restart the computer again, but I'll do that after we're done. All right. Have a good night. Have a great weekend, Truth. Everybody, you too. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you Thanks. later. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Oh, the lineup for this week or this month, let me tell you, Let's see, next Thursday we have Paul John Hansen, and then March the 2nd we have Gene Keating, and then March the 9th we have Vic Beck, or Adam Beck, he goes by now. Okay, so just I'd let you know. 
So uh, mark your calendars, and I'll be sending out a notification email before uh, each call, so hopefully a day or two before. So you'll get that if you're on the list. All right, have fun. Good night, everybody. I don't know if I could. I'm going to try to turn it off. I don't think I could turn it off. Nope. I, oh, I've got to be called in. So I'm going to keep trying to uh, call in with Skype, and uh, I don't know why I can't do it with my cell phone. But anyway, all right, good night, everybody. I love you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye.
I'm back. Okay, I'm going to close out the call now. Um, I guess Akilah's having a call. Go to 140136. But uh, is that right? Uh, Charles is saying call ID 10929. Okay, I'm closing it out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.